Welcome, everybody, to the Men for Life show. I'm here with a wonderful guest. Actually, I'm here first with my uh, good friend and co-pilot, Pete DeMaio. Pete, hello. Hey, what's up, everybody? And we have double Marks in the studio, Mark Hauk and Mark Hauk Jr. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks so much for Thanks joining Thanks for having us. us. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited to hear Mark has been in the news recently with his son, um, and we're going to hear a little bit about that, and we're going to talk about some pro-life issues as it relates to um, men, men for life, and uh, culture of life, and building a culture of life. But first, before we get into those things, Pete DeMaio is going to lead us in opening prayer. So Pete, would you uh, would you please do so, sir? Um, yeah, I can. Awesome. <clears throat> Pretty, by the way, before we get started, I just want to say how pumped I am for today. 100%. Got, yeah, Good. we got Mark and Mark Jr. here. So, um, and I'm really happy to be here with my uh, my co pilot, the true founder of the Men for Life podcast, Andrew. No, we're co founders, buddy. <laughs> co pilots. All right. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. <clears throat> Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, our mother. To thee we come, before thee we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer them. Amen. Mary, I would just ask you to continue to um, to bless Andrew and I, but most importantly, um, thank you so much for having um, Mark and Mark Jr. on with us, and please especially um, cover both of these um, men and and their family with your mantle of protection. It's probably needed now more than ever. And I just continue to um, fill their hearts with love and patience. And um, uh, Holy Spirit, please continue to fill them with all of your gifts um, as that's going to be needed moving forward now more than ever. Um, we ask all this in your son, Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Pete. Yeah, no problem. Awesome. Welcome, gentlemen. So I guess, um, obviously, we'll we'll talk about uh, what transpired. But before we do that, maybe we could get a little bit about your background, sort of a little bit about your history and um, history in the faith and history uh, with the pro-life movement. I'd love to just hear a little bit about your background. Sure, sure. So it's a first opportunity for me to be on an air airwaves with my son mark so this is cool nice. exciting i know Welcome. he's a little nervous i'm a little nervous having him here with me so you uh, do great blessed do great. uh blessed to have him here he's my oldest of seven children mark jr he's 13 and um i've been married man for 15 years but i've been a ministry man oh gosh for about 20 years and so i was first exposed to the pro-life movement uh through my mother who had the bra- bravery and the courage to share with me a, an image of an aborted child and, and said, I want you to take a look at something, and I told her no. And eventually she insisted, and of course I was an obedient son, like this one is here right next to me. And uh, I said, Mom, I, I, that's hard to see. And she said, well, you need to see it or else you're not going to do anything about it. And she was right. I was within about a year of, of seeing or two years of seeing that I was working full-time in the pro-life movement. Uh, because uh, I was convicted, right? When you see uh, life in the womb and you see what happens and the tragedy of that, uh, you either get fired up or you just get emotionally flat and don't care or become apathetic. So I uh, I became passionate. And uh, in 03, I started volunteering for a lot of pro-life organizations and uh, got engaged and started lecturing teens on their sexuality had the great privilege of having the International Chastity Educator Molly Kelly be my mentor. 
she moved across the street from me. Uh, we just had then we not just have lunch with her last Friday. She's still with us, praise God. And so anyhow, um, I did that, and um, after about three years of full time with the, a great organization called Generation Life. I took a look around and saw uh, that men were not stepping up. I love the title of this program, Men for Life. Men were not stepping up and uh, you know, standing for life, speaking out on chastity, the foundation of, of the culture of life. And so I, I said there's a crisis in masculinity. So in 04, we, we kind of launched our own men's ministry. And then in 06, I went full-time uh, co-founding the King's Men, which is my— Life's work. It's a full-time apostolic work that's uh, based out of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia here. And what what is the King's Men? Could you describe a little bit about um, sure. the the inspiration behind it and what it is? I mean, it's, you talked a little bit already sure, about the inspiration, sure, sure. but what is the actual work of the ministry? Right. So uh, in 06, uh, on the Feast of uh, St. Augustine, August 28th, we launched. He's our patron saint. And not because he struggled with chastity, but because he was a man's man and he surrounded himself with other men. And so our ministry, at the core of it, the foundation of it, is uh, is weekly men's groups. And we have about 50 of those around the country, some around the world, some in, one in Korea, uh, some in Europe. Uh, we did have one in Kabul, Afghanistan, where an air base was, uh, our military base, rather. So, um, you know, we have that as our heartbeat, which is weekly men's groups. And then we have um, other elements of what we do, which kind of acts as a funnel into those men's groups. We do retreat programs for men. We have outdoor experiential wilderness programs for men, fathers and sons. We have a healing program for men. And then we have a call to action piece of what we do, which is uh, standing up for um, the issues in society, the the greater, more noble issues in society. So we outline them as uh, the issue of abortion defense of traditional marriage, and uh, the fight against pornography. And so those were the three battles that we engaged in in the early days and still do, uh, with more of an emphasis these days on the pro-life fight, though. Interesting. And what was the reason for those three? What, why do you believe that those are the three most primary fights, in, yeah, in right. your opinion? Right. So, um, well, of course, the primordial battle of abortion is, is right. the battle of our times. And, uh, you know, it has always been. Uh, But pornography and the issue of pornography is the root of that problem. And we saw that as men dealing with the crisis in masculinity. We saw that men were struggling with that. And it was, uh, you know, uh, an issue that we were dealing with in our our, our local men's groups. Uh, There's an old book called uh, Every Man's Battle. I don't know if that's true, but a lot of men were struggling with it. And so we wanted to take it on, head on, and we did. We did as a men's ministry, and we were part of the closing of 23 sexually oriented businesses simply by taking the model of praying outside of an abortion mill and bringing it to a sexually oriented business and and just praying, praying our rosary. And so we saw great great effect there very quickly. And then, of course, traditional marriage, uh, you know, is, is under attack, and, and we, we've seen that even in greater uh, degrees under the Obama administration. We saw the, the White House lit up in rainbow colors, and my son and I and my wife and I, we went down and rented out Lafayette Park there, got a permit, and we, we put on a, a demonstration there right, right after the, uh, the Hodges case came out, the SCOTUS ruling. Uh, with the Hodges case. So um, anyhow, those have been the three that we've traditionally been talking about. And, and frankly, we, we couldn't, we couldn't do more than that. It was just, it was, so, they were so immense. So we really needed to channel our energy into those three main battles. Awesome. Yeah. I really appreciate that. And you, uh, Mark, Mark Jr. Um, how, what is it like to uh, be a young man in, uh, in, in a ministry like your father's talking about? Um, It's pretty cool. Um, 
getting to do a lot of things with my dad the past few years. Uh, I've been going to a lot of his retreats with him, and especially one really cool thing is we get to travel a lot with him. I think I've been to around, like, most of the lower 48. Oh, wow, you've been to that many places? The lower? You've been all, <laughs> everywhere. I think he's been to, like, 44 out of 48. Oh, yeah. my God. What's your favorite state? Mm. Probably Montana was my favorite. Yeah, it's a beautiful state. That's a beautiful state. We need a retreat state. there. It was oh, great to take. Dude, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, that's oh, a really I beautiful. Yeah, that's amazing. And so you stand outside the clinics that your father was talking about. So you stand outside with your dad. And yeah. what's that What's that like for you as a young guy? It's kind of a pretty intense thing to do in general. Yeah, um, I have a lot of pride in it, I feel like. Um, I When I first started going there, I was a little scared, but... I'm not really scared of any of the people there or, like, anything that's going on. But, yeah, I have a lot of pride in going in there. When when you see the people doing crazy stuff, what do you think about that? How does how do you process that in your mind? What is it that you think is going on with, with those people? Um, I don't really know. It makes <laughs> that's me, a fair answer, It makes me angry a lot. I don't know either. <laughs> you can't really understand what's going on in their heads <laughs> yeah. um but yeah uh, we pray the rosary together and, yeah. and i think when we we go there and we, we we grab he'll say to me dad let's pray it in latin because the devil hates latin so devil he, he leads latin. it he leads it in latin and he knows that it's a it's a, a spiritual battle down there right right this is evil we're confronting so i think mm-hmm. when he talks about pride right you feel good when you're when you're fighting evil in this world right because we know we're on the side of good mm. yeah yeah, I feel the same way. To me, it's the demon. I, I just see it as the demonic. Yeah. I just see it as that anger. I, you know, I see it, the way I look at it a lot because I, I, I see I, this weekend, even every, every weekend that I go, I see. I think it's that the people that are involved know what they're involved in and they want to not know, but they understand it somewhere deep down. And that's where the anger comes from. That's the way I, that's the way I look at it. Yeah, is that, is that they, yeah. they want it to be okay. They really want it. They have this ideology on top. It's like they have all their arguments and their beliefs about it. But somewhere deep down, they can't not know that they're killing an innocent human yeah. life. I think when we're there, we're we're reminding them of their, con- you know, their exactly right. And, That's uh, what it is, and they don't like that because, uh, you know, they don't they want to be emotionally flat with that. They want to just have their their opinion, and and no one challenge them on it. And when we're there, we're direct challenge to it. But we gotta ha- we gotta have great compassion. I know Mark has great compassion when he's there for them. You know, we have to pray mm. just as much for those people as we do the hundred percent. That's a key. I, I don't think you'd last in front of those places if you know if it didn't. If it consumed you with anger, I do the same thing. Like I, we, and we tell the people, and we're there. We're, hey, we're praying for you too. Yeah. We'd love for you to come to the other side here and pray with us one day. And that's our goal. Um, we want. We're, we're looking there for for the. We're, we're praying for the salvation and for your own um, conversion to the truth. So yeah, I agree with you. I think that's a wonderful. So, way someone to once do. said to me, you know, when they react very viscerally. Uh, uh, you know, vol- even in a volatile way, they're closer to a conversion than if they didn't say anything at all. So it's actually a good thing that they're reacting sometimes that That's way it. because it, they're being moved, right, Mark? They're thinking about it, yeah. Yeah, they're getting stirred, right? Yeah. yeah. It's funny, I had an ex-girlfriend, and I was really sad she broke up with me when I was younger, and my friend said, yeah, but she might come back to you because she's really angry with you, and she's, like, yelling at you a lot. 
I mean, he's like, she ca- <laughs> means she cares. You might be able to get her back. He's like, he's like, you really should worry about it if Thank she's God not. An answer if she's not, if she doesn't even have any response, he's like, that's a problem. No response is a problem. That she's angry means she feels something. Mm. So that's a good point. Oh, we yeah. can talk later about that. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Luckily, she didn't actually. We didn't get back together. Sorry about that, sweetheart. But anyway. <laughs> Mark Jr., I just want you to know I'm ha- I'm so happy you're here with us. Yeah, I am too, man. It's awesome. Number one as a dad, just seeing you here with your dad is just awesome <laughs> for me. And um, and I know the good work that you're doing with your dad, you know, just by being with him. So mm-hmm. it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But um, my brother Chris and I were actually at your guys' house back when you were little. You were oh, a right. baby yeah. at the time. Where did weren't you guys up in like? Yeah, it was, a con- it was our first house where Mark was. He he, he came home from the hospital in con- a condo in Quakertown, just outside of Quakertown. We're still up there, but uh, we're three houses removed from that one. <laughs> oh, are you that close? Well, no, three houses. I mean, we've moved multiple oh, times three, since oh, then. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I knew you were still up there somewhere. Yeah, that's in the right. Area, yeah, we're yeah. we're in the forest. Yeah, yeah. yeah you were little, dude. You honestly. Honestly, we the shows are on for you. The cartoons you couldn't have been more than one or oh, two. Yes. You know, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so awesome. So I'm that's really... back when we supported TV. We don't have TV anymore, but back then we had TV. Yeah. Oh, Mark, I can't <laughs> even tell you as a dad in today's world. I can't uh-huh. even tell you how many times I've oh, said yeah. to Trisha that yeah. I literally just want to take every television, every single device, all of it, just put sure. it at the curb because yeah, just blow it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. as Catholic husbands and dads, <laughs> it's impossible to oh. keep the devil out of yeah, that yeah, deal. Yeah. I tell. Even though we don't have TV, he still wants to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even though, yeah, we still want to do that. Yeah, you let's, just... let's 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 organize like a group effort. <laughs> no, no. Make this a whole movement, a of... gigantic torching no. of every single. Yeah, kind of uh, t- like you know, Hitler threw the books out. We'll just throw the the TVs and the. All right, so we're going to give out. you a little foreshadowing <laughs> of the next business model that's coming our way here in the area. If anyone in, wants in on this, you just call right Jeez. into the Men for Life program <laughs> and right. uh, talk to Andrew, Mark, and Mark Jr. But all kids. Gather up, we're, we're starting rebellion revolting. against the revolt. They're revolting. <laughs> wait, 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 kids! No, no, no! Do not follow yeah. on this. Uh, this Ho- revolt. Homeschool voice has spoken <laughs> on behalf of the entire population. Check this out. How about uh, Ave Maria? And we're going to create Ave Maria North, and we are all going to live together in oh, community. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Homestead. Homestead. What do you think? Yeah, that will Homestead. be the. We'll be the the great uh, the Benedict option, right? For the love it, bro. Love it. Or Franciscan East, whatever. We don't know the name yet. We have to confer with our business partner, the Domino's owner. We have to talk to him, Andrew. Yeah, Yeah, Tom. Tom. (laughs) And by yeah. And if uh, if he calls us, Just we have kidding. some we have some men for life swag yeah. for him. We'll get is, you your Pope John Paul socks yeah, uh, on the on the way. Official men for life swag <laughs> is Pope John Paul II socks. We didn't oh, have nice. time for you, Mark. We were we we mailed them to your house is with that, their invitation to right? come on the show. So we oh, didn't I get look the, forward yeah. to that. Yeah, I got holes in most of my socks, so that'll work. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun though if we had like the church and the and the compound, the community? I like of, that. We yeah. should talk about that. That'd be. I got people who would sign up for that in a heartbeat. All yeah. kidding aside, no, you we guys wanna, are we're a part serious. of. We're serious. Yeah, you're a part of a community here, Mark, because your family is homeschooled. All kidding sure, aside, and sure. if you want to just speak into it a little bit, you're more than welcome. Is we have um, our most faithful and wonderful Catholic people, not all of them, but many of them here in this Pennsylvania area, um, because Trisha and I are from New Jersey originally, mm-hmm. um, most of them are, many of them are homeschooled. Sure. So that's your, there's this gigantic oh, yeah. community of our 
most wonderful, a lot of the most wonderful Catholic people that we've met yeah. are either homeschooled or at our Regina schools. That's right. Yeah, Nothing yeah. against the rest of us normal mainstream no. Catholics, you know what I mean? But Sure. Well, we had that experience growing up, and we've rejected it. So we, we recognize that we want better for our children, you know? We want a, a more safe environment. We want to um, uh, preserve their innocence. Yeah. That's why we homeschool, my wife and I, and we've... And I can honestly say, you know, having the TV not there is a huge help. Forget the curricula for just a second. Just not having the TV there is a huge help in preserving the kids' innocence. But I took them down to Planned Parenthood. It was gone in an instant. But <laughs> but I can explain it all. You know, I can explain the evil. You know, he says to me, what's that rainbow f- flag? And I said, well, as a good homeschool father, I said, that's, um, you know, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, yeah. I said, you know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah? He said, God destroyed it. I said, well, that flag, remember when I told you this? That yeah. flag celebrates what was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. See, I'm able to explain it to him, not the way the world wants to explain it, right. but the way the way God wants to explain it, you know? Amen, brother. Amen. Amen. Right? High five to that one. Right. Yeah. Okay. Big so, time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's happening there in that homeschool world is you're able to dose, let let things become available, right? Yeah. Let things be seen. As a parent, right. as opposed to the world jamming That's it right. into your... That's right. We talked a little bit about that. Um, Andrew was equating it almost to like an air conditioner, Mark, where the noise is just going, the buzz, you know yeah. what I mean, of the yeah. air conditioner. The noise. Yeah, yeah, and you don't even realize it's right. there until That's right. it shuts off. And you're like, oh, wait a second. That's what's happening to our children. That's what's happening to all of us right. in this world that we're living right. in, where that... Yep. And, and then... You know, from being a theology of the body guy, it's not, you know, when you take those those glasses off that the world handed you. So to your point is, why let the world hand my kids those glasses anyway to begin with? Right. Why don't I just give them God's yeah, lenses right. from the beginning? That's right. Yeah, I applaud you for that, buddy. Like, yeah. that's... Well, I mean, it's a decision that you and your wife and, your, and you need to make for your children. And you need to do it early, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, you can say, well, how, how are you going to do this? You know, how do you, how, do you, how do you teach your children when you're not a teacher? You don't need to be a trained teacher. In fact, it's probably the best that you're not because you're not going to conform to that model. I was a teacher, I, I, so I have a little bit of that. And so I have to buffer sometimes his journey. I'm like with, with that and say, are we doing due diligence here? And my wife's like, look, look, get out of the box. We're not in that box anymore you need to be in the box which is mother of divine grace which is seton Mm, which is regina classical curriculum trivium you know the stuff that you and i uh, we were taught that way Mm. you know (laughs) i went to 22 years of private catholic education so you know but yeah you just got to get out of your way sometimes and just make the time as and make that decision for the good of them like my wife and i always say we're raising saints not phd's we're not raising mbas we're raising yeah. saints amen and they don't need to go to college that's not like the path forward uh, for every kid, you know, if you go to college, great. Let's go for a reason. Let's. He's considering Annapolis for himself. He wants to consider uh, maybe naval academy. Yeah. So, you know, he's he's motivated in that way. But um, but again, we're just not going to go waste time like I did for four years. You know, yeah. it was a complete waste of time for me. A hundred percent waste of my parents' money and my time. Wow. We're just like on the record, on the record. Petey. Sorry, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, sorry to all of us. Sorry, Dad. Parents, sorry, you, you were sorry. doing yeah, yeah. what you Thanks, thought Mom was Dad. best for love us you. at the time. Well, of that's course. what they thought. We but love that's, you guys. That's what they were sold. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. They were sold that bill of goods. Yeah. In my in my in my defense, I was eighteen and complete a complete idiot. Mm. So. <laughs> I would that was only two years ago. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd agree to that one too. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> Less their fault, more my fault. <laughs> um, why Annapolis, Mark Jr.? What do you um, like about it? 
I've always been really interested in military history. Yeah. And um, I, I've always loved the Marines and learning about them. And, yeah, just, I don't really know. Just Yeah, that's an... Yeah, that's what you like. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Do you like their uniforms better than the other military uniforms? <laughs> yeah. Their dress blues are the best. Oh, they are. They're sharp, buddy. Um, so we just had a couple young guys on with us last week. My son, Nikki, he's not much older than you. He's only 16. And then Lou Kozak was on. He's 16 also. And um, they said that they would love two things for the Men for Life show. Um, one is they want to definitely hear from more young guys. So, like, would you listen to this if there was young guys on here talking? Yeah. Yeah? And the exactly. second thing that they wanted uh, is they said, can we go live every once in a while so we can get video and stuff going so we can see the, the nice. guest? Mm. Nice, would yeah. you like that, too, if you could see the the guest instead of just hearing them? Yeah, uh, like, if, say, you were bringing a military guy on alive. I think uh, boys would like to see like him in his uniform or something like that. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. I love it. There you go. You have a future. There. <laughs> hey, so future audience. one of the things that we're dealing with now. Oh, you know what, Andrew? You had some. I, Mark has been a friend of mine um, for a long time now. And, and you were getting a chance to meet him for the first time. So actually, I know you had some questions about this. I definitely had some questions. But, but what? Um, about everything that went on. Oh, yeah, yeah. But before just... we get there, I wanted to just ask one question about the homeschooling. Sure. Um, what have you noticed as the fruits of that for your children? Meaning, what? Mm. So you've done it. You you had this hypothesis that it would be a better way of educating your kids, and now you've done it. So what is? Sure. So if anybody's listening and sort of yeah. contemplating homeschooling, sure. what has well, been your experience? Well, we didn't it? do it without uh, a prior knowledge of of those that have, were doing it. Right? We have uh, in laws and sister in laws and brother in laws that were already doing it. So we saw the fruit of it in their children. So what the number one fruit is purity, right? The number one fruit of homeschooling is a, is purity, right? I'll say that. The next fruit is they are more intelligent than most kids their age, right? Because they're getting a lot of one-on-one instruction. Right, right. It's not like 50 and, kids. And they're able room. to go deep into the subject matter. He knows more about American history than I ever learned. Right. He knows way more. And he knows way more about the things that, that are important. Right, not the things that the that that the the government wants you to learn, or, or anybody in charge of the educational system wants you to learn. He's le- he's able to find out true reasons for why things happen. He'll explain things to me about World War One or World War Two, and I, and I say I I never knew that. I only heard what I only heard what they wanted me to know. You know, so right. what you're getting is is real education, and he's able to read. He's read Tolkien, all of Tolkien's books. He I, I never read Tolkien. He he's read the real thing. You know, I watched the movie. Right. That's that's what I would do. Right. He's read mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis. You know, he's he's his, he's already tested out of a high school vocabulary because that's how rich his or eighth grade when he was in sixth grade and eighth grade vocabulary because he's it's so rich with what he's reading. Right. Yeah. They become great readers, you know, and they're and they're great communicators because right. they're talking to adults a lot too. So, and the socialization knock that they give is I don't know how that's even possible because. They're in co-ops, and usually these kids that are homeschooled, they're with seven or eight siblings, you know what I mean? So they're constantly interacting, right. and he's engaged in extracurriculars and stuff. He's part of the Philadelphia Boys Choir and the city of Philadelphia, so he's exposed to a lot of things. Uh, yeah, it sounds beautiful. Way. And Mark Jr., what's your experience homeschooling? What do you, what do you think about it? Because I'm sure you have friends or you know people that aren't homeschooled. What's your experience with it? Um, well, actually, I don't have a lot of friends who aren't homeschooled. Uh, Besides my choir, but I don't really hang out with them. But uh, I have one friend who isn't homeschooled, but he was homeschooled most of his life. Uh, 
And you had CJ and you had your, your football teammates, you know. Yeah. Remember those guys, yeah. But like Ross is my only friend yeah. who has it. Uh but yeah. With homeschooling, I'd say like it's been a lot better than from what my dad tells me about when he was in school or like from what I know of like public schools and stuff, it's just like it seems like homeschool is just so much better right. than everything I'm learning a lot more than I would in uh, like a public store or something like that. So like, you're grateful that your parents are homeschooling yeah. and taking the time to spend with you and mm. to spend a lot of time with your dad and mom. Mm. That'd be great. I mean, yeah. that part, just that part alone, just to be able to spend time. He's yeah. not, he's not behind a desk for eight hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's out playing. Yeah. He's shooting airsoft guns in the afternoon, you know, yeah. if he wants to. Yeah, right. Or I'm just laying in my bed doing work. Yeah, or, you know, yeah. He's in his PJs all day. You know? Isn't that great? Who doesn't want to be in their PJs all day? There you go. If your parents uh, listening, what um, what if you have um question about, hey, uh, my kids, you know, want to play sports or something like that? Where right. are they going to go? Yeah. So I mean, Tim Tebow was a homeschool kid, right? So, uh, you know, what what these as homeschoolers and taxpayers, you you're able to participate in your local school district, right? So you have the right. Like, for instance, his ne- his cousin, my nephew, is uh, the best football player on the Jenkintown High School football team. He's a sophomore, you know, and he's a homeschool kid. Um, so you, you have access to those teams if you if you want them to, right? You try out, like, if you have to. Uh, but you can't go to, like, any school. You have to do your, your local public school. So there's, you know, there's always you got to pray about that. Is that the right thing for my kid? And, you know, Mark's going to be in high school next year, and we're, we're praying about that for Quakertown Community High School, where that is, if he's going to join the football team or not. So, you know, there's, uh, there's always considerations there, but yet you definitely have that access. And then there's Christian academies and Christian schools that actually usually invite and welcome homeschoolers to participate in their programs as well, and he'll be doing that in the spring with a baseball team with uh, the Upper Bucks Christian community. So you can go to your local Christian academies also? Some you... allow, some, some of them allow. allow. Yeah, yeah. And that flies as far as the state is concerned. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, there's usually private schools that allow this, you know, to happen. So, because they don't, they don't. For in our case, for right. Pennsylvania, they're not part of the PI double A. Right, anyway, they wouldn't so, be in right. that in that right. system. No. no. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. wonderful. So, if you're one of those families or kids, then you yeah, can, yeah, yeah. You, you, there's no. In fact, our kids. I mean, gosh, they play the township softball. They're they're fully engaged, like mm-hmm. any other kid, you know. And he's been with the Palisades Youth Program and the Quakertown Youth Program for football for many years. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. Is there anything about it that you that you think is especially difficult or is um, a, a downside of doing it? To homeschool? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the only downside is is you as a parent need to be attentive, right? You got to be organized you can't be you can't be like just blowing it off right you have to be getting their books and you got to be planning and you got to be good you got to be organized so i would never say to a mom who if the mom is not all in don't homeschool because she's the primary educator i'm like the dean of students i'm the principal right (laughs) i get involved i teach the latin i do the subjects that i'm good with but i also help troubleshoot things but i'm not the primary go-to if mom doesn't want to do it do don't not do homeschool. Do yeah, because she's going to be a basket case. Yeah. yeah. That's, a good, that's a good advice. Yeah. And as Pete said, I think um, one of the, the way I came to know about you, I mean, I heard about, Pete had mentioned you before with Kingsman and whatnot, but obviously the way that I came to know about you is the recent events. And I know that you've been under legal advisement. There's some things you can, you can talk about in camp, but what can you share about um, your recent experience outside of the clinics for the last year or so? Some 
and the things that have been going on in your life since then. Sure. So for the last two years, I mean, I've been at abortion mills and prayer vigils for 20 years. And I've been coming into the city of Philadelphia, Bucks County, and all over uh, for, for the last 20 years, praying and, and doing all sorts of things with the pro-life movement locally. I was mentored by John Stanton, who's basically a, a pro-life hero. And yeah. We've all kind He's of a hero. Can, we He's all a... canonized him locally, you know. But, uh, you know, so John and, and Mike McMonagall and these guys have been mentors to me. And so um, we just followed their footsteps, right? And that's what I've been doing. And so the last two years, I really upped my game, if you will. I, I started going weekly. I usually would go, like, monthly. Um, for 20 years, but the last two years I've been going weekly to 12th and Locust, Planned Parenthood, City of Philadelphia. And since Mark's part of the Philadelphia Boys Choir, he has rehearsals on Wednesdays from 4 to 6. I took, I would take him sometimes typically with me on from 12 to 4. And so for the last year, year or so, Mark's been down there with me and, you know, we go, we, we've been a part of the, the, you know, the saving of many lives. Thanks be to God through our yes and, and just being present, right? Just being there. It's not really what you say. It's just it's it's just your presence more than anything. And so, you know, we've had these kids over to our home, these new babies that have these lives that have been saved. You know, it's been a joy to our family. And so you got to take the good with the bad. You know, it's it's a tough place to be. It's not pleasant. You see the worst in humanity down there, but you can also see the great glory in, in the choice of life. And so he's seen it. I've seen it. And, um, you know, anything that's happened to me in the last three months is nothing compared to the joy of, of being able to save a life. Yeah, that's amazing. And um, it's really, in my mind, I can't, I'm, I'm not under any legal, so I can tell my, like sort of what I've, what I've sort of digested from this as somebody who goes more or less weekly out there. Um, it was always clear to me that there's a risk going out to these clinics in a way, first of all, for just violence and the insanity that you see. And also I had this, I had this sense that, um, if we're a society that is willing to kill the innocent children of our uh, a whole class of people, then we're not really a country of laws. We're a country of, we're sort of like, it's the law of the jungle, essentially, right? So there's a risk any time that you go there that they could make some ordinance or they could get, there. there's lots of um, ways that, the state could get involved um, because they're very much on the side of um, of the abortion industry, the killing of the innocent. Um, and I'm wondering what your thoughts are since all this has been happening about sort of uh, for other people that go out to the clinics and how, you know, they should be thinking about things in terms of balancing prudence and courage and things like this in the movement these days. Well, you know, how what would you say to people that that go out to the clinics on a, on a daily, weekly, or monthly yeah. basis. I, I would say don't let my situation deter you from going out. My gosh, that would be a tragedy, right? Mm. You, you see, look, this is a good thing. What's happened to me and my family, as much as it's, it was sheer terror upon my children, the raid on my home, which we're alluding to on September 23rd, it's been a blessing because it's persecution, right? It's, it's what Jesus said would happen when you take up your cross and you follow him. And so we did, and we do that daily. And so the biggest tragedy for me would if someone said, well, I don't want to go down there because I don't want what happened to Mark Houck to happen to me. I'd be like, well, this may be one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me, 
right? I mean, I can honestly say that that uh, God has chosen me worthy for such a time as this, right? So I give thanks for it. I celebrate it. I think my my son Mark, to a degree, celebrates it. We don't celebrate the trauma that they've experienced through people like Governor Wolf or whoever, uh, or FBI. I don't know who arranged any of that stuff. I don't know. Uh, but we don't celebrate their their policies. We don't celebrate their choices and certainly how they they victimized us in that raid experience. Um, but but we celebrate that God has chosen us worthy to take take up this cross and and walk yeah. with him on this journey right now. Are you familiar with um, uh, the Red Rose Rescue Group? I'm familiar yeah, with, with Father yeah. Fidelis um, yes. in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, he's um for those who don't know. Um, he's a, I believe he's a Franciscan, a, a Franciscan is. friar, yes, he and he goes to the clinics. I believe what he does, and correct, I, this, I could be wrong about this, but I believe that he removes his habit and then brings roses in and, and comes in with a woman um, to the clinic, pretending to be a, a member of somebody coming in to abortion. Yeah, yeah person. exactly yeah. right. And then he goes in and will hand roses out and try to pray for the people and talk them out of mm. the procedure mm. that they're about to get. Mm-hmm. And he'll wait till the police pull him out and mm-hmm. he gets pulled out and it's a thing. And then more recently, he's upped his game as well. And he went and actually chained the clinic shut. So he put chains around the outside of the doors and then the police had to be called. And the police came and they opened the doors. And then he... I believe it was the same day, um, decided that what he would do would be uh, lay in front of the cars um, in order to stop them from coming into the clinic. Now, he's in jail, and he's facing, I think, obviously the same um, kind of sort of 10-year, I think it's, what's what's the law called, Pete? The Face. Face law. So uh, for those who don't know, the face law suggests that if you block access to an abortion facility, that's not a local offense, that's a uh, federal offense. And you get an, I think it's an automatic 10 years um, in, in federal prison for a violation of well, the I, I think if it's your first time, if you're, sure, if you're a first-time offender, you get one year. They can't apply the 10 years, but they're trying to apply it, right. but they don't have they don't the ability okay. to apply that. So I know he's in jail right now. I think he's in jail for three months, and they have a case against him for this case. So um, that's an, when I heard about him, that was... I mean, that's like another level. That's somebody who's really saying, like, I, I cannot be. In fact, if we're going to be slaughtering the innocent, I can't be on the outside of the jail. If that's the case, like I, I, in good conscience, I can't even I can't remain free in a society that's willing to do that. And that to me is like, although I don't have that kind of I don't have this the um, the strength, let's say, to um, to do that, to to to. Although I, I, I completely understand his philosophically, I understand it, but um, I'm not ready to do that. But it's a powerful, it's a powerful witness, and it goes to show the seriousness of what's happening. And I wonder if you could speak to that because I know these the events have probably sort of raised the game for you. They sort of raised the temperature um, for your ministry in front of the clinics. Meaning, before you did it, and you 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 received a certain amount of pushback let's say from the demonic forces that we all see but then this next thing where people showing up at your house pulling guns on your children i mean crazy crazy stuff um how 
how has that been in your experience? It sounds like you're saying that this has actually emboldened you and said that this was this is sort of evidence that the Lord was telling me that this was the right thing that I was doing. Is that what I'm hearing? Is that the that's the right way to interpret it? Look, I, it's the only way I can interpret it. I, I can't uh, look upon uh, persecution or hatred or or things that that you might say are going on as a result of being a prayerful presence, peaceful presence. I mean, we're nothing but peaceful and mm. prayerful. Um, you know, we just, we're there in a spirit of compassion and love, right? And so, mm. you know, Jesus was the lion of the tribe of Judah, but yet he's also the good shepherd. So there's this, you know, dichotomy of all in all of us that is just, you know, we got to be bold. We got to have holy boldness. Um, this is not going to deter the pro-life movement, right? I mm. mean, people have done this, I'm not the first person to deal with this. Uh, Joan Andrews has dealt with it for many years in the 90s, and you know she was unjustly persecuted, and she she still was. She was arrested months before me. Um, and again, you know, so we're just on the 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 heels of all these wonderful heroic people, and so you know, it, it, it's not something that you, you you go out seeking, but if you're doing the Lord's will, it's going to happen, and mm. so. I've said to my wife, and for years I said, you know, I'll, I'll probably be arrested. I didn't want it. I, not because I, I'm not doing anything I'm not supposed to do. I know, the, I know the rules of the game. I know I didn't break the rules. I can't get into the case, but I didn't break the rules. I was defending my son. So those those things, you know, again, this, the devil, the demonic, the evil you allude to, they're going to come after you when you are fighting for righteousness and, and, and are a threat to his kingdom. Right, the power of of the devil, the prince of darkness, the he's the master of this world, right? So he's this is his domain, this is his time. He knows his time's numbered, but we're a threat to him every time we pick our rosary, every time we pray our rosary, every time we stand in the gap into the breach, as as mm. Bishop Olmsted would say. Every time you go to those places, right? He's not happy. And so every time that you get persecuted, you got to, you have to see this as as an opportunity for you to grow in holiness and sanctification, mm. and to die to self and to enter more deeply into who who Christ is, His identity, and your now identity, right? Because we're all called to become another mm. Christ, become like Him. And so I, I I look at it that way. It's the only way I can look at it. And emboldened, I don't know. I'm I'm just as zealous as I ever was, right? right. You know, um, I'm not angry. I'm not angry. I'm not bitter. I, I rejoice. Again, I, I'm grateful for the opportunity to suffer for the name if I could. And if, whatever that looks like, you know, I, I accept as, as God's will for my life. I'm not going to do anything to take myself uh, into harm's way, but I go where I'm called to go, right? I'm mm. going to be Christ in those places. And and I think my son would attest to that, that when we're there, you know, we, we were grateful that we were there. We may not like what we experienced when we're there, but we were grateful that we were there and we were able to serve in that in that time. Pete, thank you. I appreciate that, Mark. Sure. That's wonderful. Um, Pete, what are your what are your thoughts? I mean, you have a long history of pro-life activism and sort of, you know, you've known Mark for a really long time. What's been your perspective on the situation that's unfolded in the last few months for Mark and his family? I have no thoughts. <laughs> I've yeah. never said Pete and dot 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 said Pete never. <laughs> I have so many thoughts. My head is spinning right now. I don't know where to start. Do you guys have time? We got it. We got nowhere to go. <laughs> Number one, it's <clears throat> I 
I'm sorry for you guys. I really am. I really am. It's horrible because it's exactly what you just described, Mark. I've been there. I've been there with my own sons, Mark Jr., where I'm, I'm down there and my sons are asking the same questions about the flags. And I said, oh, guys, this is the neighborhood." You know, they had never been to the neighborhood before, so they didn't know what that was. And yeah. then and I remember Petey, I think, was 14 years old at the time. So almost your age. And he's a big kid. So you might think that he was maybe a little older. You know, like maybe 16 or 15, but how old could he have possibly been at the time, you know? Yeah. And you have people that are walking past us, and they say the foulest things to you. And they just did this last weekend when we were with the Sisters of Life and seminarians and priests, and they're just yelling that this just—it's it's beyond nasty. It's just foul. It's crude. It's vile, as you said, Mark. You don't speak that way to really any other human being, but you certainly don't speak that way to an adult as we were all raised, and you definitely do not speak that way to an ordained person ever under any circumstance. I mean, so I really am. I'm sorry for you guys. And then what your family had to go through, it's 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 honestly, it's awful. And, um, and we'll pray for you guys and everyone in our Catholic world. And uh, Christian world, I think I'll continue to pray for you guys because it's yeah. a ter- yeah, it's terrible. Um, I don't know. I really don't know the answers. I was asked to speak for um, for two important events recently. One was on sun um, on Saturday afternoon, and it was for the Bucks County Pro Life Coalition, and it was out near Our Lady of Chestahova. And it was a beautiful, beautiful mom's walk. And at the close, they asked me if I would come to speak. And last Sunday, I had an opportunity to speak in Chester County at St. Agnes for the close of the 40 Days campaign there. And obviously, I'm, you know, as passionate about this as you are, Mark, and as you are, Andrew, and obviously as you are now, little uh, Mark Jr. Um, And but I want to make sure that it wasn't me speaking and that it was the Holy Spirit speaking. And I'll ask the Holy Spirit all the time, but I didn't trust myself because I have some pretty strong feelings about like what happened to you guys and what's happening to a lot of us in mm-hmm. our persecutions. It's not right. It's not okay. And to make it worse is the other side is making it seem like they're the ones persecuted, you know, and that's just couldn't be further from the truth. So, um, so if you're one of our listeners and you haven't been out there, come out there so you can actually see what the, what it's like and see the truth. But when I talked to the Sisters of Life and I talked to some of the seminarians, I, I got an, an interesting feedback from them, and they said, Pete, the devil is going to try to tempt us in every way possible. And they said, Monsignor Riley, who was part of the Red Rose Rescues up in Helpers New York. of God's precious infants. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Amen, brother. I'm telling you, Mark Houck is one of... That's why I was so happy you were coming down here with us tonight. Mark is one of the most like plugged-in Catholic guys that I know. <laughs> Shout out, by the way. Mark Houck um, uh, helped to... Uh, to um, shape and mold and form Matt Frad back in the day, which I didn't even know until, um, so huge shout out to Matt Frad. Welcome on the show, Matt. We'll give you a pair of socks. <laughs> your, your Pope John Paul II socks are on the way, Matt. And, uh, but that's how long you've been doing this, Mark, and how important men are. And we talk about men a lot and young men, so I always give you a shout out because that's what this is about. It's about authentic masculinity. It's about what the King's men teach, leader, protectors, and providers. It's about being virtuous towards women. It's about defending all human life in all stages, especially our wives and our families, you know? Or if, yeah, so we talk about all this, but what the sisters told me is Monsignor Riley said, we're going to need a new approach 
And in this new approach, even though he was a Red Rescue guy, is he's finding himself in this new way way where it's a very prayerful, peaceful, loving. So I just coined it this weekend as PPL for all of us that are out there on the front lines, (laughs) is we need to be prayerful, we need to be peaceful, we need to be loving, which I know, Mark, as you said, 80 to 90% of the time that is the case, you know? So for those, you know, rare incidents that it's not, it's, that's not the us in general. So you can't Mm -hmm. just take one little incident and like brush stroke us, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's extra important. What the sister said to me though, to, to really paint the image for us. And this is, I think the main thought that I wanted to communicate is that she said, this was sister Maeve here in the Philadelphia area. I hope that's okay by me saying this, but, um, she said, we really need to view this as Calvary. And when we're outside of those abortion clinics, we're literally standing there at the foot of the cross. And since we're at Calvary, what disposition do we take? We take the disposition of Mary, and we take the, the disposition of, of, of Blessed John, the Apostle. And in that, disposition, in that disposition, she's watching her innocent son, right, be absolutely just more than persecuted, <laughs> right? Even worse. This is the end of the passion and everything that he had gone through. He's being crucified. And John's watching this. Beloved John is watching this. And so she had said, when we went for our walking rosary this time, if we need to, let's even close our eyes when we stop in front of the abortion facility to enter that that deep place where Jesus would want us, where we're just deep within ourselves we're at the foot of the cross, we're at Calvary, and we're just totally peaceful and in that prayerful moment and loving. And that's what you guys were describing before, is it's not just praying for the innocent lives that are being murdered, it's even for the abortion workers sure. on the other side. That 100%. They're experiencing 100%. like some of the deepest poverty that Mother Teresa would describe. In some cases, they know it because we're revealing it to them, and they're becoming angry. In other cases, they don't even realize it yet. So um, I don't know. That's... That would be my main thought. Yeah. My main thought is, is maybe that's the antidote to, to this this world that we're in right now because we couldn't be more polarized or more divided as a society than we are right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, Mark. You've you're such a deep Catholic guy. Like, is that the antidote to all this right <laughs> now? I, I don't. Well, prayer is certainly <laughs> helpful. You know, it, it's interesting. You you bring it up the way you presented it, and of course, the Sisters of Life we have great respect for. They've been to our house. They were at the house you and Chris were at. Uh, they came out there uh, and and were with Mark when he was real little. And well, so you we guys loved, are lucky. Loved, you love the, the Sisters of Life at your house. Oh yeah. My oh goodness. yeah. We had Sister Elizabeth there <laughs> with us, and she's like the number two or number three uh, nun now in the whole order. But anyhow, prayer is going to be key. But you know, when we're we're talking about uh, prayer, we have to think of of, of Saint Benedict's Aura et Labor right pray and work right so so yes we need to be contemplative there but we also i have gifts you have gifts and my gifts are standing in the gap i was a free safety in college mark mark's a football player so he can appreciate it so when you're a free safety in college and you're you're the last line of defense right you're protecting everybody you're covering people you're you're doing things for people who 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 um miss their assignment or failed in their duties, That's right? So when, when you when you mm. think about that, like I I when I'm there, like yeah, I'm a contemplative when when there's nothing going on. But there's an abortion-minded woman walking by, mm. 
You better believe I'm going to be talking to her. You better believe I'm going to say as much as I can to her to help her change her mind. And has that happened? Sure. I'd say 9 out of 10 women won't change their mind. But there's going to be one. And so we have to use our gifting. And I would say, yeah, prayer is important. Uh, Peaceful presence, always peaceful, right? Loving, always compassionate. But we need to be bold. We need to have courage. And sometimes that means saying the hard things. And that may come across to the other side like we're being less than compassionate. But if you're reminding a woman of her motherhood, she may take that the wrong way. She may not like that. And they could say, well, see, why are you why are you saying those things? For instance, I'll say to a woman, you're already a mother to your child. Yeah. And I'll say to a, especially a man, I'll say, you're already a father. Amen. Right. Like that. That's right. And then a woman comes out with the, having the abortion pill, taking the abortion pill. I'll say, you know what? That baby's still alive in your belly. Right. You know, we can help you save that baby. And some people may look upon that and say, well, that wasn't very compassionate. But it's the truth. And the truth, Jesus, how many times in the book of Matthew, Gospel of Matthew, did he call the Pharisees hypocrites? I counted it once, 27 times. Mm. If you were out there and you were saying hypocrites, you would not be received well. So we don't say that. But he's the son of God, right? So he can say it and do it well. But (laughs) nonetheless, we need to speak the hard truth. And that may mean reminding women that of what they're doing in a compassionate, loving way. Mm-hmm. And so I think we need to do that, but we need to speak truth and speak it in love. And and again, our heart needs to be disposed that we're not taking things personally. We're desensitized to, you know, any verbal assaults back at us. And that that's where the compassion is. You know, we feel bad for them because this is their this is a rightful response when you're when you're murdering a child. There's gonna be some anger there. There's gonna be some a upset feelings, right? Rightfully so, because a baby's dying. A baby's being murdered. And so we need to have a sense of urgency. I would only add to what you're saying, a Mm -hmm. sense of urgency in the contemplation. And again, the gifting of the people there, like not everyone's called to sidewalk council. Not everyone's called to do what I do. Uh, But we're all called to pray. Mm -hmm. And, And so when I'm talking to a woman, I want that backup support of people sit there praying in silence because I need that, right? I need Mm -hmm. to go there and I need to be prayerful and I need to, as uh, Hal Moore would say, the great general Hal Moore from the Vietnam War, he'd say, you know, when the battle starts, the prayer kind of ends. So when I'm engaged in the talking, I'm not really praying like rosary with them. I'm talking to them. That's the battle. Mm -hmm. But you need that backup prayer, right? You need your... Well, you're, you're, you're six, right? What are they, your you're, you're backup six? I forget what they're called in the fire the firing squad, right? They're behind you. They're watching you, all angles around you, right? So where's your six, right? You know, where are your six people in that case? I'm glad you said that, and I'm glad you used a football analogy, Mark, because I'm like you. I like to play. So to me, I watch this, and a lot of times I just think of it as nothing other than a game. And, 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 you know, some people are big fans of defense, you know, defense wins championships or whatever. But the truth is, is a strong offense requires no defense. Um, and we see that um, proved <laughs> time and time again. Right. So I'm glad you said that is I don't want to take the position of free safety. Um, if we're actually trying to win this battle, because if I take the position of free safety, it's actually the opposite of the gospel, and it's the opposite of what Father Frank Pavone, who inspired me to get into this movement, is he said, I think it's Matthew 14, uh, 16, is the gates of hell will not prevail against right. us. Right. What does a gate do in battle? Is a gate on offense? Does anyone know of any gate that's playing offense? Right. <laughs> a gate is on defense, right? So who's on offense? Us. Right. Who? God's people. 
disciples of Christ. We're on offense. So if we're on offense, then let's play offense. Let's stop chasing. Or if we are on defense, do I want to be the free safety who's trying to make up for everybody else's missed job? Or do I want to actually get the job done up front on the line? So let's figure out where the battle actually is. Is the battle at Planned Parenthood when a pregnant woman who's already pretty much decided to get an abortion, go get an abortion? I would submit, and I can't talk to everybody this way, Mark, but I can talk to you Mm because you're in it, dude, and you've been doing this longer than I have. So you know the truth. How many Catholics are there in the world? Uh, uh, Two billion? Almost. Two billion. Two billion. Yeah, and I don't even— Six billion people in the world. Yeah. So four billion aren't Catholics. Yes, Little, I think this, the actual are over 7 billion um, people in, on the globe mm. now, right? Wow. And we're like one point something for, for Catholics, right? Yeah. Well, if everyone were devoutly Catholic and we all believed our commandments, Mark, well, then at that point, how many other human beings do we have to go and talk to? Four billion. Yeah, but if 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 we're activating almost two billion, one point something billion. Oh right. How okay. many do each Sorry, of us? I wasn't have to... math no, no, no. It's okay, buddy. Um, if I if side. I was at the homeschool, I'd be <laughs> doing math at your guys' yeah. house, and mom and dad could do yeah. everything else. Mark Jr. If we have one point something billion Catholics in the world who were all following our commandments and we knew not to kill. And it doesn't matter whether it's an abortion, whether it's an elderly, elderly person, whether it's a gun in the streets of Philadelphia, we knew not to kill another human being. How many other people do we have to go and talk to and and teach them the same thing? Like four (laughs) each, right? I got to go do four. You got to go do four. You got to go. I was joking at the at the, the 40 Days for Life, I said, my goodness, I could probably do my part by like Wednesday or Thursday. I'm all, all right, God, I'm all done. I did my job. <laughs> well, you, you know, in the scripture, you save one soul, you save your own. So the numbers are even less. So you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> You're right. <Yeah. laughs> so that to me is the true offense and the true offensive posture. Or mm. So I would like for us to not have to you know, to assume this free safety role of trying to play the last like line of defense, although... I love your free safety role. That's I what do. I'm good at. I, you're good at it, obviously. <laughs> so you see it. But yeah. but if we were truly trying to get after this in like a Father Frank Pavone, you know, level way, is he doesn't want us to be the gates of hell. They're the gates of hell, you know. And if we go on offense, where's the best place to go on offense? The best place to go on offense, Mark, is probably what you've done for all these years. You've done it, buddy. You've lived it more so than than 99% of people I know. Generation Life, you were teaching people about their own sexuality and about chastity and all that, and you were teaching people about dignity, you know, and respect for their human life and for other human lives. And in the Kingsmen, you've been trying to, you know, to do that for all these years also. So do you feel like that might be, I don't want to say, it's not more important, but do you feel like that would be a better way to win this game? Then st- we're never going to stop standing at abortion facilities until every single one is closed and we stop killing people. Yeah. But do you feel like that would be more effective? Like if we took the approach of we just have to go and get four or five other people? Mm. Well, I mean, if you look at it through the math, I mean, I guess it's it's encouraging what you said. Um, that doesn't that, make it true. But it's that just... <laughs> said, you know, there's four billion people that don't know Jesus and the fullness of that. So um, I, I, it's a both and to answer your question. It's not an either or. Mm-hmm. Um, you got something you want to well, say? Well, in that four billion, there's also like that's 
Catholics, right? In that two billion, those are the two Catholics. billion of the Catholics. But just there's under... also the Protestants, who are sure. all very. A lot of Protestants are very pro-life. So. Yes, they are evangelicals. You're right, Mark Jr. That doesn't Jr. mean that the yeah. four billion are all. Yeah, like... they're not all agnostics or atheists, yeah. right? Exactly. But they don't know the fullness of the faith. But let, to your point, um, it's yeah. it's both and. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, Mark Jr. You're right. These are our brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. We want them to know the uh, Jesus in the Eucharist. But um, but the truth is, a lot of them are more faithful and in some are respects. more wonderful, you know, Christians than a lot of us who were baptized as Catholics. Catholics and kind of walked away. So, yeah, we love all, you know, yeah. all them too. <laughs> and yeah, so to but your, go ahead. Mark. So to your question, like, you know, is, is, is that where you, you need to spend the majority of your time? Look, when I encourage men to be leaders, protectors, providers, as I teach my son, we lead by, our, by weakness. We lead by example, um, but more through our vulnerability and, and weakness than anything. And then protect and women and children, the common good. Those are the three areas that men need to focus their time. And, of course, provision, emotional provision, spiritual provision, you know, physical provision, sometimes financial. The men need to have that. So, so when you look at the, the entirety of, of a body of work for a man's life, okay, this is, a, you know, men for life uh, here on this program, right? You want to see that, you know, these men are walking the walk and talking the talk. And so they got to get trained, right? So men have to be trained. So the Kingsmen, we train up men, we, we build them up, we encourage them. And then we, we send them like Jesus did out, right? So, so they have to take their faith to action. And so it's both and because you can't just spend all your time feeling good about the faith and, and what you're doing and insulating yourself, although that's not what you're saying. Uh, you, you, you don't want to spend that. You want to recognize that there is something out there that is not in that circle, which is those that need to be invited in, right? And so that's where we encourage men to take their faith to action. And we say, you know, pick a noble battle, do some apostolic work, you know, use your gifting and engage. I don't care what it is. If you feel called, and for years I was fighting the pornography fight because I knew it was a root of the pro-life issue, the, of, the, of the life issue. However, you know, I've, I found myself now more engaged in the pro-life fight uh, directly because, again, that's where I feel called right now to, to take my faith to action. And so as, as Bishop Olmsted said in, in his book, his little book, you know, taking your faith into the marketplace— you know, we have to do that. And I think men need, to, and I think men are especially equipped to do that. I think they have the gifting to problem solve, to analyze and look at a situation and say, where, where's the weak points? Where's the pressure points? So if I'm a good defensive coordinator, I'm going to find out on the offense where their weak spot is. If I'm a good offensive coordinator, I'm going to find out where the weak zone is on the defense and I'm going to exploit that. So we need to go and, and use our gifting as God has given it to us, and that may mean at the abortion mill, but that may mean in the in the CPCs or the pregnancy resource centers. It may that might be where you're best suited there. But I think for men in particular, I see a need for more men on the street. I see not enough men on the street, and so my opinion, Pete, might be a little bit different than yours, but. Nonetheless, I think we come to the same answer, uh, which is getting men engaged. We need all yeah. the players yeah. on the yeah, yeah, on, right. yeah, all the 
All of us have a spot on the squad. On the squad. Not everybody's a quarterback or a wide That's receiver, right? right? Yeah, right. we all have a spot. This is important. It's good for you to hear this, too, as a young man, yeah. Mark Jr., because you need to know your place as a young man. Mm-hmm. If God made you a wide receiver, you don't have to worry about being a quarterback. You know what I mean? If God mm-hmm. made you a tight end, you don't have, have to arm. worry about being a safety. So it's a, <laughs> Yeah, and if God made you for defense, you don't have to. So this is good. Here's something that we're up against right now, and and – and you just hit on it, Mark, in, in a number of ways. But Andrew always talks about this. You have like the Benedictines, which he loves. And it's like, OK, we're going to go off into the hills and we're going to just kind of hide in a cave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is beautiful in its own right. Then you have the Dominicans and he's staying up. You told, taught me, Andrew, all night in the bar. Right. Converting right. somebody. That's so right. it's like you got it's not it's not one or the other. It's both end. Right. We got a serious problem right now. And again, I can't talk to everybody about this, but I can talk to you. Um <laughs> We've got a serious problem. We're not winning right now. Students for Life reported that there were 383,460 abortions at Planned Parenthood last year, and that's up 40,000 over the year, prior year. Mm. We are not winning. So anyone who's all rah, rah, Roe must go, and all these like, you know, I got my megaphone, and we're, you know, like partying in the streets with our signs, that all sounds great, but I got news for you. Uh, the actual win and loss column where it matters is we just took a gigantic L because more babies, more human beings got killed last year than the year before. Mm. And to make matters worse, to make it even worse, we are now distributing the abortion pill. So now we don't even need a physical location. We're giving young ladies the abortion pill right. and they're doing it at home without any type of medical guidance whatsoever, mm. either in their college dorm bathrooms mm. or in their bathrooms at their home. Didn't um, Jeff Bezos's ex just give the largest donation ever to Planned Parenthood last year? She gave 200, I'm almost positive, it was $275 million, oh, just her personally, mm. to Planned Parenthood to fund this, yeah. this absolute atrocity. I had said, Mark, and you know, for, for, for men as business guys, it's like, oh my gosh, in some ways we're doing them a favor. Mm. Could you imagine if you could conduct business and you don't even need a physical location anymore? Mm. Like, I don't need my actual sandwich shop. I'm going to close the shop but still sell all the sandwiches. Now it's like I'm going to make even more money. I don't need Mm. the overhead of my business, Mm. but I'm still going to sell the same number of sandwiches, bringing the same revenue, less expenses. Does that make sense to everyone who's listening? That's what's going on right now. That's the last two years. The last two years, COVID just uncovered for the other side Mm. that they can kill as many babies or more as they were before and do it even quicker, more efficiently at a lower cost. Mm. So are we going to chase down this road and play free safety defense? Or are we actually going to get ahead of this thing and start playing some offense? Mm. And we're all called to different roles like you were just describing, but especially as men, Mark, and that's what this show is about, is how are we going to get on offense right now you know, or be that front line of defense sure. for those who identify with yeah. the defense, you know? Yeah, and I, I like what John Williams is doing with the, uh, you know, with the ads for that it campaigns and so forth, you know. Ooh, you good guys point. Can you speak that. into that, Mark? Yeah. Well, I know it comes from um, from the uh, the wonderful organization in, uh, in Austin who um, they've been doing commercials and ads to attract women who are abortion-minded. Uh, heroic Media. Heroic oh, Media. Yes. So Brett Atterbury uh, wrote. He's a local guy. Uh, he lives in Austin, though. But he's 
he's a CEO, I think now. But anyhow, he wrote a book and he talked about how this this ad campaign in St. Louis, Missouri, which really was appealing to the femininity of women and their queenship and uh, just their call. And so like their the advertising was speaking to that place. And they found very quickly that there was a, and then of course they put their information with it, that women were drawn into it, that you're made for more kind of thing. This is the concept. You know, Curtis Martin taught you're made for more. There's a book Curtis Martin wrote. But that's really the messaging. And so women would call because it spoke to their heart, their feminine heart, especially African-American women. And they found in St. Louis that as a result of this uh, billboard campaign that uh, the abortions plummeted, you know, like by like, I don't know, 6,000 abortions or 4,000, something like that. But anyhow, Brett, Brett and those guys, and I know John, saw great value in it, and uh, now we're doing it in Philadelphia. So it's, it's a very offensive-minded approach. I love it's interesting. It. I, was, I was at the, when I met Matt Fred, I was at the um, Catholic Integralism Conference in uh, Steubenville, and they were talk. J.D. Vance spoke. And what he was saying was that they asked him one of the questions for J.D. Vance, um, was what have you learned being because he wasn't a polit- politician his whole life he was like a private equity well, he was a, well he grew up hillbilly elegy and then he uh, became a venture capitalist and they asked him what's what's been surprising to you about the political process since you've been running which he won by the way congratulations jd you're also welcome on the show um we'll send you some socks, socks are on the way socks are on the way um we'll give you two pairs um <laughs> And he said, he said, the thing that's been most surprising to me that, I, that, that blew me away was the importance of money. And in specific, he says, the money of um, advertising. He says, those political ads, the reason why you see them is because they work. Mm-hmm. And so that's the biggest hill to climb. He's like, that's why these guys are able, they just push that button right. and they just flood the airwaves with their propaganda. Right. But it, they don't do that unless they wouldn't put that millions and millions of dollars into it unless it worked. So these ads that you're talking about to recapture the mindset, to find a way to say, look, this is not what you were made for. Like there's so much more for you as a woman in this world. There's mm-hmm. so much more for you as a man, either one, um, than this culture of death that's degrading to you. Same with porn, the pornography thing you talked about, you spoke into a little earlier. Same thing. You're made for more than this. There's so much more to your life. And so um, I thought that was a really powerful point. And I thought that w- that's interesting that, um, that that's an approach that this gentleman's taking down in Austin is to try to... Yeah, yeah. Well, they, he, wrote the, he wrote about it and he just he's uncovered it. But it, they say it takes seven touches before someone's moved to do anything. So you got to have that ad, that ad campaign, or whatever it is. You know, you you got to reach people multiple times, right? That's why we're hearing it over and over again. The Geico message, you know, you know what? What that little chameleon, whatever, you know, <laughs> you know, we it, it works, right? You know, but Mark, the, all kidding aside, in the insurance industry, their goal, and obviously we know Warren Buffett is, you know going to figure out how to make money at anything right so that was their concept was we're going to run an ad pretty much every seven minutes and flood the market right, right with right, advertisements right, right that was it right yeah so what are what are we doing on our side to to implore that same business strategy that philosophy For infinitely sure. more important to save human beings and i think this was where the manly genius comes in mm-hmm. because not that women don't have that capacity it's just not their gifting. Warren Buffett, right? You know, uh, Elon Musk, you know, you know, these guys, you know, 
Bill Gates, whatever. They We're have a gifting. They're just wired yeah. to, to problem solve and fix something and come up with a solution. So mm-hmm. on this program, we need to encourage men to use their gifting for good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the oh, go ahead, Mark. No, he's just going to say insight. Hold on. <laughs> I was just going to say, I like Elon Musk. He saw like on Twitter, like everything that was going wrong. So he fired everybody, and he's bringing all the new people so he can figure out how it fits everything. Like yeah. exactly. Say yeah. Yeah. So if we take that same type of concept and idea and apply it to other things. It's a really inspiring move. I was really touched by what Elon did because he doesn't have to do that. The guy's got tons of money. He's stepping into such – he's bringing on to himself so much heat. They're now going to investigate him. Sure. All the FTC is going to go after him. You, you've, you've dealt with this. Really, like the, when the power of the state comes after you, and he's, he doesn't need to do that. He could be in some palace somewhere. He's the richest guy in the world. And yeah. yet, as a man, he's saying, no, I'm alive at this time, and this is the, this is the battle, and I am, I am equipped to fight this particular battle. It may be in a way that nobody else is equipped to do it. So, like, that's what happened. You know, in your situation, what you were talking about earlier was... This is what I was cho- this is what I was chosen to do. Like I wouldn't have signed up for it maybe. Right. Like I wouldn't have like, you know, when I was 12 said, "Hey, when I'm older, maybe it would be great if this happened." But when it has its happening, you're saying, "Okay, well, this is the situation that God has brought into my life and right. I'm I'm called for to Amen. do this." Yeah. And Mark Jr., he's not even a Catholic. Mm-mm. So he recognizes no, it. He he recognizes this simple Man's laws cannot make moral what God has declared immoral, right? Mm -hmm. Even if a sin is legalized, it's still a sin in the eyes of God. Mm. He's not even Catholic, and he recognizes something here was wrong. I'm going to go and make it right. I'm going to fix that, right? Mm -hmm. He's good at fixing Mm -hmm. things, you know? Altruistic. Cart, go ahead. Uh, I was just trying to say about that uh, other story of who is the Roman general. Uh, that we were oh, Regulus. Regulus, who... This is uh, from the City of God, St. Augustine, Masterpiece. Go uh, ahead. Regulus. Uh, Teach us. This uh, Roman general. <laughs> Preach. Uh, Preach, was, little brother. <laughs> he was captured, um, and he was set, He said... The, with said the Carthaginians. Him, yeah, they said to him, um, if we're going to send you back, and if you don't convince them to join us, uh, then we're going to kill you. Uh, actually, it was something a little different, but uh, he told them when he went back... Uh, no, don't surrender to them. Uh, don't let them win. And uh, they, the senators told him, don't go back. You don't have to. They, he gave his word that he would go back. Yeah. They made him pledge to that. And he said uh, that I will not, and I will not stay. I gave my word. And he went right back to Carthage and he was uh, They given, dispatched him. Uh, terrible. They they put death. two boards and they crushed him to death. You know, that's a great story of Marcus Regulus. And, and again, it's about the man's integrity, right? That's that's what he's saying. He's like this. But he also said this isn't favorable to Rome. Mm-hmm. They wanted him to negotiate a treaty that was going to give benefit to Carthage. And he said, yeah. no, no, no. He says, I'll go do it. But then when he got there, he totally he said, no, this isn't good. I'm not going to offer that. And they said, well, stay. We'll protect you, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. he said, no, I must go back. And they dispatched him when he came back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of our other most not amazing, even a Catholic, <laughs> and one of our other most amazing saints did that in in a political, if you will, realm also, but from the position of Catholic, Saint Thomas More. Mm. Mm-hmm. When's our splinter of our church, right? Of our Catholic Church of true Christianity, fifteen hundred years of it, and we're about to have a splinter under Henry the Eighth. If my 
if my history is correct. Yep, I think yep. the homeschool Henry kid will verify yeah. that. Henry, Henry the Eighth. Yeah. yeah, and what does St. Thomas More do when he's asked to do the same thing as this? Um, what was the name again? Regulus? Marcus right. Regulus, Regulus. Yes. City yeah. of God. And yeah. he's being asked to essentially denounce his Catholicism, right, mm-hmm. by Henry the Eighth, by the king. And what's he say? Uh well, he didn't say anything, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was, I'm sorry, what did he do? <laughs> he, he stayed silent, which is actually, it means consent. Uh, he, but he, I don't know. Yeah, he, silence is consent uh, in the court of law, and he knew yeah. it was his only way to keep, preserve his life. He's not supposed to take his own life. Yeah. But in the end, he realized that uh, he had no choice. He dies the king's good servant, but God's first. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what he said, yeah. yeah. Amen. That's what you were dr- driving for, right? right? Yeah. Because the yeah. king was pushing that I need to be able to have an heir to my throne, mm-hmm. and the Catholic Church won't let me just go and be with another woman, because the Catholic Church says, no, you have this wife, right? Mm-hmm. And just because you're infertile doesn't mean that you can just go and grab another woman mm-hmm. for your own personal agenda, your own mm-hmm. personal pleasure, right? right? And get that heir to your throne. And the Catholic Church stays true to her word 1,500 years later, even in the face of a king, and he wants it anyway, because that's what, you know, that's like the pride of sin, of I want what I want, not what God wants for my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and St. Thomas More says, no, I'm not going to, you know, and... Yeah. He was was he beheaded or just yeah he killed? was beheaded he was beheaded yeah right? they took him and he said watch my beard you know because he grew it when he was in the Tower <laughs> of London but uh, no he said I die the king's good servant but God's first you know and this is this is you know I I did serve the king but you know they, they he would go to daily mass as chancellor and the king would often want him and interrupt him during mass and he said no tell the king I, I I'm I will attend to his immediate needs but I'm at at the throne of God right now and as mm. soon as I'm done with the but the king of kings, I'll, I'll attend to my earthly king. Mm. So he lived his whole life that way. But yeah. also, the king also was a good Catholic in most senses. Like, he built many churches in Great Britain. He was heavily against the Protestant yes, faith. Yes, he was. Uh, and he, uh, once he found out Anne Boleyn was Protestant, he almost didn't want to marry her. Uh, but, yeah, she ended up convincing him. But he still was heavily against the Protestant faith even after uh, he separated himself from the church. Uh, he still believed in almost every sense of the Catholic faith besides, uh, obviously. Yeah, I mean, he defended yeah. he defended the Catholic faith before this all went down. But mm-hmm. clearly, obviously, a man who, who allowed his emotions and his, yeah. like you said, his earthliness, his worldliness, mm-hmm. get the best of him. He mm-hmm. still probably bought into it. Even Luther bought into the Eucharist and transubstantiation. He couldn't yeah. deny that. But he, and apologized later, didn't he? Yeah, Luther, yeah. For, yeah. didn't he? At, at some uh, point later I hope he life. did. Let's, yeah, let's just I'm hope he did. I'm positive that I heard that somewhere. Yeah, because we're human beings. We're like God in all, th- or yeah. God's like us in all things, right? Or Jesus was, except sin. That's it. We have that brokenness. Like, we're going to make mistakes. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, yeah. we're men, you know? Don't you love how that homeschool guy was able to give you color to everything? Oh, uh, Mark Jr., you know, just, we love it, fills buddy. in the we holes, you know? That was amazing. We love it. Just a you, plug for homeschool. <laughs> big, <Yeah>. Huge plug. <laughs> um, you know what? Another piece of this offensive attack, um, we have good friends mike and michelle detrolio that were down for that um that dinner that's down in um washington dc around the march for life Mm -hmm. and tim tebow i think was the keynote there or one of and they were talking about the vans for life program you you know that one mark yeah go ahead you want to yeah they just invited me after i got arrested i got invited to to be there for (laughs) their 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 dinner oh yeah the vans for life reached out to me and they said can you come to our dinner i'm like 
Yeah, I got a trial January 24th. I should be able to make that one. So it's right before, but uh, I'm familiar with them as a result of that, actually. It's the, is it their dinner or is it like I, a... I think it's their fundraising. They okay. do a fundraising event. And, of course, those are the ultrasound mobile units that go around. And so Vans for Life the is, store, is, is a big the store? The store? No, nah, not the Stork, bu- Stork buses. That was uh, a friend of mine, Joe Baker, started that organization. Uh, are you I'm able to? Mark Halk knows Everybody. Yeah, he's like a you're like an encyclopedia, a, a pro life Wikipedia. Premise yeah. behind this before like Andrew goes. Um, premise behind the Vance for Life is that um, since you can go inside to have an abortion, obviously, um, if we park the van outside that has the ultrasounds available, and we have someone in there available to provide the ultrasound for you, um, four out of every five women, eighty percent of women right now, statistically, are choosing life if they just see an ultrasound of their baby. So the concept there was if we just take these and park them sure. outside of the abortion facilities, and truly not just say we're offering the alternative, yeah. but truly offer the alternative sure. for these women, and then be willing to walk with That's you know right. with moms afterward. And, and we have that in the Philadelphia area too. We've yeah. done that. Monique, but Chris Slattery up in New York has been doing that for years, you know. And that's, really? he gave Joe Baker the idea for Storks for Life, for Stork, Stork Buses. Amazing. Uh, but yeah, so Chris is a devout Catholic up in Manhattan who's been doing it for years like that. Oh, so, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, See, yeah. Mark, you're plugged in. You know everybody, buddy. It's awesome. I've just been old, man. I've just been around too. <laughs> yeah. Mark, are you, are you still able to go to the clinics or is there, a, do you have Good a. Good question. A, um... uh, I, I am able to go to any clinic I want with the exception of 12th and Locust. However, yeah. my, my lawyers. Said on the on, you know, you should err on the side of prudence in this regard because that's right reason and action that the other side may try to um, trip me up in some ways, you know. So it might just be safer for the for the purpose of the of the case and the trial to just lay low. And I and, I, and reluctantly I've, I've been doing that, but um, it was I long to be there. But no, I, I I'm not going out. Uh, in fact, the day after my arrest, I went right to Eighth and Cherry. I'm not banned from anyone except Twelfth and Locust till the trial. How, I'm curious, I don't know if you can answer this question, but the people that you've been involved with with the state, how have they treated you just people-wise, personally? The like state? What, meaning like police officers, FBI, in terms of when you're interacting with them, are they saying stuff like, hey, man, I got to do this, but like I know, I, can, I get that this is, like, well, I get, get this is ridiculous. Let me give you a perspective, Andrew, on, on September 23rd real quick. Uh, so, um, you know, it was, it was pure terror, right? You know, 20 plus agents, state troopers coming to our house at 7 a.m. Children are asleep. Wife's asleep. I'm the only one awake getting ready for homeschool, getting ready for co-op. Put a quiche in the oven, right? Getting them warmed up, getting ready for the kids. Quick meal right out the door. Dean Houck is getting prepared for the yeah, day. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm teaching a couple of classes yeah. that day. So, um, so they, you know, they bang on the door. And, of course, you know, that all ensues in the way it did. So when it, when I'm in the suburban heading into the federal building which is a block from independence hall of all places right where my rights are being taken away from me I, this is where they were established kind of ironic i said to the guys in the car i said um you know um you this know, is a bunch why of- no no i didn't say that i said why so many agents you know and he said well sir we we don't know anything about you which could be a truth and not a truth for some of the guys some of the guys certainly do know but anyhow this particular driver his name was Andrew, of all drivers. He's an FBI agent. And uh, he. we were talking about homeschool the whole way down. We were talking, yeah. Is he ca- talking, he's a Catholic guy? Or no, no, he's getting married. And he said, I'm thinking about, we're thinking we want to homeschool. No Can way. you tell me about That's it? That's interesting. I, I was like no way. evangelizing the whole way down, talking about 
faith talking about what I do. They're like, yeah, you have a beautiful home where you live. I'm like, thanks, guys. You know, I wish like, you didn't I'm, kick I'm the door them, down. I'm giving. No, they didn't kick the door down. They would have if I didn't open it. Uh, I I was giving them directions on the way down. When I got to the federal building, in my shackles and all fours, he he said to me, "It was a real pre- pleasure meeting you." No way. And it was genuine. And I said, "Well, I wish I could say the same." <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I wish, you know, like, I, I, wish I never you know, met you. I share Christ with them. That's I who we're call- I was That's just it. about to say, Mark. That's who we're called to be as Christians. Right. Is if you truly believe that Jesus is welcome with us in all times, like the footprints prayer, right? right. Simple. If you truly believe that, then you're called to be that guy, even when you're in shackles. Season, you're in out of season yeah. man. Yeah, and if because you are... they're gonna watch us, not. Of course, they'll watch us in all moments, but but the, those particular moments are when we really get That's to right. witness to other human That's right. beings. That's right. How do you act in those? Who moments? Who are you? Yeah. yeah. This is who. You, this is when when you're tested, right, Mark? Yeah. I know that in business, Mark. Like I've been taken advantage of so many times in business. It's actually absurd. I mean, Trisha says to me, like, I feel bad for you. She was like, I feel like now that I have your last name, not now, what she has my last name. You know, for all these years, it's like I almost like walk into some of these unfortunate situations right, just by right. carrying your last name, you know? And I was like, I don't know, honey. It's God's way of, you know, scourging me here on earth. Purifying so it's, you. It's purification, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 100%. But that becomes, you know, we went through a hell of a time just these last couple of years during COVID. And uh, I had a good Catholic friend of ours. He saw me in church at Adoration one day. I'm not trying to tout myself. I just mean that, that what you did, I, I actually want to shine the light on you, Mark, is what I meant is, is that, and he was like, oh, gosh, Pete, you're so happy, like, all the time. I didn't realize you were having such a hard time these last couple of years or whatever, like, during COVID. And I was like, sure. oh, yeah, but, you know, of course, it's an opportunity to give it back to God. And sure. it's like, gosh, God's so good to us that, like, what am I so But I feel like for any anyone who's listening, but especially men that are listening, those are our opportunities, guys, when... You know, when you That's when right. you when you took a knee, you're on the football field, you took a knee, you just got the wind knocked out of you, you got a gut shot, whatever. Like those are the times where it's like, no, stand stand up right now. You know what I mean? And be the best disciple of Christ that I can mm-hmm. possibly mm-hmm. be right mm-hmm. now. Not in the favorable moment, moments, in the unfavorable. And Mark, I mean, that's a testament to who you are. You did Amen. it in in Amen. one of the, I would imagine, one of the least favorable moments that you've possibly been in in well, your life. I'll confess that uh, when I got put in the room in the federal building where um, I was chained to the table and shackled around my waist and feet, that I was never closer to Calvary. And this goes to Sister's point. I was closer to Calvary than I've ever been my whole life. I, mm. I was. It was the most intimate prayer experience for six hours. Prayed nonstop, every deck of every mystery, every deck of the rosary, ton of memoraries, divine mercy, you name it. It just con- continually imploring my patron saints and all all the saints over the years that were persecuted that I could think of. And for six hours, it didn't stop, right? So I was like at the foot of the cross, man. I felt the presence of God. I I, I say that I I could feel the the feathers of my guardian angel. I was calling upon my my guardian angel, my wife's guardian angel, my children's guardian angel, and and it, again, it was this wonderful invitation to grow with Jesus in this way, right? I could either reject it, I could get angry, get bitter. I had more peace than ever in my life, right? Mm. It was one of the most peaceful experiences of my life. Wow. I was surrounded by chaos. That's amazing. I was surrounded by chaos. My children. But yet, for me, I was like uh, at home. 
Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. At wow. this point, when you're feeling that way, did you know that you were like, did the FBI on the car ride down indicate that you would be getting out, or were you still just in total like? Uh, I didn't shock know. I didn't know. I think they might have mentioned to my wife that that I would possibly be released today. I, I wouldn't know. You you don't know that because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, if I don't cooperate, they keep me. Right? If I don't cooperate, you know, they put bail on me. You know, I mean, it, it's a, it, I didn't know. No, I didn't know that. Mark Jr., what was when your father was taken? What was your experience like? Um, from my home, I was scared for my little siblings. I was scared like for the first like few minutes. I was like, "What's going on?" I and I figured it all out kind of in my head a little bit. Like, all right, so it's not going to be like Dad's going away for a long time. It's going to be like me at the most of me a few days. Uh, so I wasn't like worried that much i was upset for my uh, siblings i was angry i wanted to do something um of course and i just sure makes sense yeah the rest of the day i kind of just sat like thinking uh we went to co-op i was with my friends a lot so i but uh i didn't uh wasn't with my friends most of the time till i heard my dad was coming back uh that day i kind of was just thinking most of the time just like uh, about it but that's mainly what I was doing. What was courage, doing. like mom had to take you to cop. She said to herself, "I got to keep give these kids a normal day, right? I, it's you know, the best thing I can do for them is to surround them with people and not insulate, right? You know, we need to we need that support, right? Mm-hmm. I was alone, but they weren't. I mean, I was with Jesus and the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I had I had the whole heavenly <laughs> angels and courage. I had a, the communion <laughs> of saints, but they needed it. They mm-hmm. needed. They couldn't stay in the home. Yep. They needed to yeah, leave that home. Definitely. Yeah. And you're, it's now it's an amazing, yeah, it's a really powerful, I mean, it must have been such a difficult day for you. Mm. And Mark Sr., it's amazing just to think of the possibilities now you have to evangelize other people, meaning that now all of a sudden the spotlight has been put on you in a way, and now you've been training, you've, the Lord's been forming you for so many years of the work that you've been doing, and now all of a sudden it's like, He's giving you this opportunity, this platform. Not just, I mean, our podcast is, although it's going to be huge at the moment. The it's, socks it, are going to help. It's I right. It's, it. it's it's like it, at the moment, it's, you know, it's it's just a, a tight few, but in the future it will be massive. <laughs> Look, but, the 7 billion <laughs> listeners that are actively listening right now. <laughs> We're working on it, Lord. We need a little help, a little, little promotional help from the Holy Spirit. Plug, Holy Spirit, please bring Mark, call in your communion of saints. <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> Mark, sure. throw up a couple Angel prayers. Angel Gabriel is the right, patient right. of Throw up uh, a couple media. prayers. He We're is? working on yes, it. Yes. Archangel Gabriel? Archangel Gabriel and then Maximilian Colby, too. So uh, so yeah, well, well see, Max Colby, right, that's our yeah. Knights of Immaculata retreat we have this weekend. Very excited about that. Yeah, obviously, I mean, when you're in that, the police or the FBI, and by the way, if anybody's in law enforcement that's listening to this, you are called to not participate in the persecution of people in the pro-life movement. I just want to say that you that the excuse of I'm doing my job does not cut it, um, that you will be held into account um, uh, in etern- for eternity for this. Uh, but anyway, um, the... Thank you, Andrew. What? I mean, just right? A, like the, there's a holy the, disclaimer there. That's that's. But so yeah, well, they think like you know Thank they you, they buddy. tried to, didn't like they tried that Nazis. argument at the uh, at, at Nuremberg, right? Yeah. Nazis. Andrew, said I got news for orders, you. Right? Yeah. I mean, that doesn't work. Of, I got news. My for you. job is not like that. This that's not that doesn't if, doesn't. If doesn't we're want. gonna go deep and be honest, and we have Mark and Mark Junior here, so we're a lot allowed to go deep and be honest. And 
we got a lot of people right now that are just following their orders and doing their job. And sadly, we got a lot of Catholics. Yeah, probably there were people that are involved. I'm talking Catholic men that are going to be on our Knights of Immaculata retreat with us this weekend. And they're taking orders at their jobs. Not okay, men. That is not the men for life. And if you take offense to that, well, I'm sorry, because that's the same thing as the abortion worker taking offense to Mark uh, standing there praying with Mark Jr. um, that we don't want to have a holocaust of innocent babies. So if you're a Catholic man, you cannot, cannot do things that are completely wrong and unethical at your altar, your place of business. And then pull the John F. Kennedy yeah. clause and just say, oh, well, when I'm at work, I'm at work. But when I'm home, I'm, uh, I'm, the devil's Catholic. Having I'm a Catholic fe- at home. <laughs> but- yeah, the, the demonic is having a field day with this. And when you have the president of the United States taking communion, being in support of the destruction of innocent life on a wholesale basis in the way that we have it today. It's Do you want me to tell you what I'm talking about right now? Because this is real. We're about Mark and his family. And I'll say it because I haven't heard anybody else say it. Mark, we have Catholic men that have lost more money in the market this year so far. Because don't forget, I do Moonlight as a financial and insurance guy. We have... (laughs) Call call them up, man. Oh, I'm going to dial it up right now because you guys just invoked... Bring it in. You you poked the bear a little bit. Ratings are through the roof right now. Um, We have Catholic men who have so much money. They've lost more money on their investments this year than Mark would need for all of his legal defense fees. Yet we're sending around GoFundMe pages all over social media for Mark and his family. They have lost more money personally just on their investments this year. That's not good. That is not living out our Catholic faith Mm -hmm. in the way that Mm -hmm. we're called, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, I don't know. I've read pretty clearly in the Gospels that it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to go to heaven. Mm. Mm. So if we're going to live this out truly as men for life, and I hate to be on a soapbox right now, but if we're going to live this out truly as men for life, then we got to live it out in every single way, not a cafeteria menu of what Catholic virtues we want Mm. and what Catholic call, you know, we got to go all all in, Mark, all in. To and, whom much is given, much will be expected. Oh, so you, you're you're spot on. You talk about platform, platform, Andrew, and yeah, God's given me a great platform, and it's going to be probably even greater. But look at that platform you're just mentioning there, you know, Pete, with uh, with with the gifting the, of 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 that financial wealth, right? To do good or to do evil, right? You can spread and plant many seeds and and. Tom Monahan was brought up prior yeah. to the show, you know, uh, you know, a man who wants to give away 90% of his, maybe all, all of his money at this point. Maybe that's just where he's at. But I know a lot of good Catholic men that will be at that retreat this weekend who believe that. But like you said, you know, we, we all have room to grow probably in these areas. We do because, because that healthy, that can, you know, when God goes to punish the sin, Father Larry Richards teaches, you know, Um, when he's teaching the sacrament of confession. When God goes to punish the sin, he doesn't want to punish us along with it. But if we cling to that sin, Mm. whatever that sin is, because don't forget, money and greed and power is one of them, just as much as pornography, just as much. And who am I to say it? 
Right. I'm a repentant sinner. Yeah. I'm like nobody. I am the last person who should mm. be saying this right. right now. You know what I mean? But right. I'm just, I see it and it troubles me. It right. bothers me inside. But we know money is not the root of evil, but it's the love of money mm. that's the root of evil. Right. Yeah. And so money is a good thing. We can, Jesus needed money, right? Didn't need to bring the, 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 the fish up and got the shekel <laughs> or whatever, the drachma, whatever it was mm. for, for Caesar. You yeah. know, he, and yeah. he needed money and Judas kept the money and they needed that to to do their ministry right paul was a tent maker right he needed money to fuel his ministry so we know that we know we need cheerful givers and we need people who are going to give and store up that eternal investment capital which Mm. is all about what you're about you know with uh financial planning is that's that's the most important thing it's like okay the money is is a gift Right. So I look at my situation as a gift. Well, for people who are in the financial world and have that gift, boy, what a burden. Right. That's a big burden, but a good burden. You know, if you use it for God's glory. Right. And a perfect example of using it for God's glory. We finally got to see Ave Maria. Andrew was asking me about it on the last show. In Naples. Yeah, okay. it's amazing, Mark. And it's if you don't know the the man who owns Domino's, Mark Jr. Mm. He used to own Domino's. Oh, he that's sold, yeah, he sold that's it. right. Yeah. Thank sold you. It. Yeah, well, he has built this entire just gigantic like Catholic town down there. So it's mm. all these uh, beautiful church and the the university. It's a college that's down there in this town, and people live in there. So I don't and I don't know him in detail, but it's an example of. I think probably he loves our lady. He's devoted to our lady. Yeah. Probably yeah, a yeah, healthy yeah. example, right? Of, Absolutely. Of yeah. Generosity for sure. I don't know everything in detail, so I don't want to stake like my whole claim or I'll, cr- I'll but, clarify it if right. you mess up, but no, no, he's a good guy. He's a good <laughs> I would guy. think so. That's yeah. why I, I was saying we need, we need more of that, you know, you do? and you we do. need it. Not just, I feel like Mark and maybe, you know, it might be something to mention right now. Um, cause you've given a life to ministry buddy and not all men, um, have done that or will do that. A lot of us get caught up in our careers or that need to fulfill those ambitions or successes or financial goals or whatever they are. Um, like you said, we, we do need money. It's not a bad thing or whatever, but I don't know. Um, is that something that's worth speaking into or mentioning a little bit? What that... do you think, Mark? You were driving down here. We ran out of gas on the way down here. Send in the money. We need it. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have a vehicle that's kind of on its, on its, it's dying on its last leg. But you know what? Look, the money fuels ministry, right? And, and so, you know, we're, we're not anti, you know, financial giving. Of course, we know that, you know, we're not called in the work that I do, and my family's part of this ministry. We are a missionary family. Um, we're not called to live in solidarity with the poor. That's not our call. And most people in ministry are not called to be in solidarity with the poor. That's That'd be more like a Mother Theresian call or someone that is consecrating their life to the poor, a Franciscan so in this case, like, you know, I, I'm in the world, but not of the world. So I need to pay bills, too. Mm-hmm. And just say, you know, everybody in mission needs to pay bills as Paul needed to pay bills. And and so he learned to live with abundance and he learned to live without. So I think that's the life in ministry and ministry is sometimes you're blessed. Like, you know, we're, we're blessed over the years. People say, hey, can you go? Go up to my um, house in um, in the Adirondacks, and and you're doing a retreat up there. Stick around for a couple extra days. You know what a gift! Well, that's great. You know they bless our home, or somebody blesses us with a week at the shore. You know we may not have those vacations like other people, but you know what? God provides, and somehow we get we get to go see Montana, and we get to go see Glacier National Park, and and this is all part of the ministry. And so, 
you know that's the life we're cho- we're choosing for ourselves and 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 we're blessed to, to do it um but yeah m- money fuels the mission mm-hmm. and we need donors and partners and it's the widow's might so we're talking about big people and big money like tom money but really my ministry thrives on a little woman in in you know butler pa who sends me ten dollars a month right. you know what i'm saying and 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 we've been doing this give send go um the majority of those donations are fifty dollars or less and as a result of this uh you know situation which you know is, is there to support my family if i have to go away for a while uh fifty dollars um, um a, a gift for six thousand people equated to like four hundred thousand dollars yeah it's amazing you know I mean? when everyone it's, it's just crazy. gives a little uh, just that's a what little. people gave yeah, it's like up to three hundred ninety thousand for uh, your legal for your legal legal defense fund. It was it was for my family, right? Right. Okay. So if I have to go, like, so they they have a three hundred fifty thousand dollar fine on me. Um, the legal team is Thomas More Society. They have their oh, that's expenses. they're amazing. Yeah, yeah, they're great. So I'm just saying, like, look what six thousand people. We had one guy reach out to us, and he said, um, "I'm a lousy Catholic, but seeing what happened." What happened to you is making me come back to the church. Wow. That's so how amazing. do you turn away from something like that and say, oh, I not me, God, find somebody else, you know? Like you hear that and you're just like, Okay, I'm all in. I'm yeah. all in. If it brings one soul back, I'm in. Yes. You know, so yes. but it's it's the widow's might that handles in, all this. Amen. No matter what happens to you guys <laughs> through this whole process, if it gets better or worse, <laughs> uglier, right? Prettier for Stay in it and 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 resolve that no matter what level it gets to, that you won't turn your back on the Lord Amen. and mm. love and mm. forgiveness, right? And unconditional of loving them. I mean, literally down sure. to the crucifixion, he's saying, Father, forgive them. I don't know what that's like because I'm just a you know a human being, but Father, forgive them. They know not that's what right. they do. That's you right. know, that's, right. that's going to be harder. I don't know. That might be harder in the future as some of these things unfold, but you guys might be called for that as a family. Yeah. That's why I said it well, bothers me so much. My wife my wife says, look, you're already you're already victorious in the heavenly court. You may lose in the earthly court, but it don't matter. Yes. And so I mean look, She's I don't a wise do, I, woman. do I want to she is a wise woman. <laughs> do I want to be away from this this good looking kid and nah. his future? No. I mean but if the Lord takes me away for I don't know. His will be done. I, I'm not. I'm not praying for that. I'm praying for His will to be done. Yeah. And whatever that. And I think that's what my children are praying for. That that God's will will be done in my life as their father, but God's will will be done in their life. And so this is a gift to them. As however they choose to receive it, they may reject it. They may say, "I don't want to do it." I have one son, Joshua, said, "I want to do what Daddy does, but I don't want to get arrested." <laughs> Fair <laughs> He's six point. Six years old. He's six Fair years point. old. You know. As, son, I don't want to get arrested, but you know that's 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 the lot. That's the journey. Yeah. That's the cross. Mark, this would be Andrew. I want you to ask what you're going to ask. I'm sorry, um, you, you have way more value. But uh, I, this is a quick. <laughs> this is than anything I have to say. Um, but this is a quick, important one. Andrew runs. You know, Andrew and I, we both moonlight as you know as business guys. Um, oh, good. And uh, Andrew, very very successful business owner. God is so much more important to him that Amen. he could easily make more money. And the guy lives like it's unbelievable. Andrew doesn't even have a phone for anyone. Wow. I mean, like, like I got to get a, I have to get a hold of him in creative ways. I'm like sending the pigeon out, like to yeah, go yeah, bring yeah. him the, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? This guy, he's awesome. I love him. I, when I met him and they asked if I would be his confirmation, his um Christian initiation sponsor. Wow, and we first convert. met and had, yeah, mm. I was like, 
this guy's more Catholic than like 95% of like Catholics that I know. I was like, he's not even Catholic yet, you know? (laughs) So he's just awesome. Well, he could make more money. He's choosing not to. Mm. I decided a long time ago I could probably go out and like, you know, find more appointments or something and try and make more money. But there was something that told me, Mark, that that's not what it's about, Mm. right? So is there anything that you, because of living a life in ministry, that you would just want to give as advice? Like, you know, this weekend, these men that are on our Knights of Immaculata retreat, like you were saying, are amazing, wonderful men. Is there, yeah. is there anything that you would want to say to them? Um, yeah. To like, just men in general, because this is the Men for Life, sure. and you've been advising King's men for a sure. long time. Sure. Is there anything you'd want to say to them, like, hey, guys, make sure that you know where the line is on either business, ambition, personal goals, um, whatever, hobbies, like whatever that other thing that might be that's drawing you away from going deeper with God, right? You know what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah, I do know what you're asking. I'm going to be tasked with that at the retreat on Saturday morning. So, you know, we we have to have purpose. We have to have our mission. And so, you know, I have a brother-in-law who's a fantastic human being who has a theology degree, yet he's highly successful in business. Uh, more successful than than probably ninety five percent of people in business as far as financial, uh, you know, gifting to his family, um, and so you know, here's a man who understands that uh, this is a gift to him, mm-hmm. and that he, now he has a responsibility, and so I would just say, you know, first of all, get into your vocation. What's that first, right? What's your vocation? Married man, single man, consecrated man, ordained man you know, religious life, you know, find that first. And then I think the chips will fall accordingly. Right. So let's say you're, you're a ministry guy, you're called to consecrated life in a similar way. I am in a similar way, but my vocation is as a married man. So I can't, I can't ask the children to walk a life of sacrifice uh, just yet because they haven't chosen their path yet. God mm-hmm. hasn't revealed that to them. So I need to be aware. My wife said this to me when we got married. Look, I support what you feel called to do, but I'm also called to be a mom. And so don't ask me to go out and bust my butt so that you can stay in mission. Mm-hmm. You're, you're called to be in mission. Fine. Get it done. Find the means. So I've had to take on a second and third job sometimes as we moonlight other things mm-hmm. to supplement. As Paul was a tent maker. So I think, you know, find the vocation first to get that vocation and then let that lead you as far as uh, the direction of your life. And so when, you know, the gifts come or whatever that is, whether it's financial gifting or intellectual gifting, whatever it is, I mean, God wants us to develop ourselves in not just one area of our life, Right. I was extremely overdeveloped athletically and very underdeveloped spiritually and socially. But I, God wants us to be integrated as a, as a person, especially men. How about the man, Mark, that, um, that isn't living um, the life um, that you've been living, right? Um, or right. that you just the described with man. your wife, you know? Secular man. Right, and maybe they're tied up in their career right now. And, sure. And it, and it eats them up even like on a Saturday or a Sunday or yeah. something. They don't know how to step away and put it down. Mm. What what advice do you have I, for... I think there's God in the midst of all that, that the, what they're striving for, what they're going after, whether it's a lifestyle they want to create for their family, they want good things. And the will always perceives that which it sees as good, but they have to form their will properly. And so they have to they have to understand that there's a goodness in everything that God is in in everything, but there's a partial truth 
that might be hidden from them. And they have to really search and dig for what is the what am I truly going after? Is it the vacation or the the multiple homes and things like that? That's that's not quite the whole story. Why are you seeking these things? And, and I think if they ask those questions on the Saturday when they're saying, why I'm worth millions, but I'm not happy. That's the question that they have mm. to come to themselves and say, there's a hole in their heart that the world and wealth and vacation and whatever it is that they're feeling is not going to ever satisfy. So they have to keep coming back to that well. But God wants to give them that life-giving well that is going to fill their life with joy, peace, and happiness and holiness. And it's not going to be what they think it is. And I think they have to keep asking that question. You know, what is it that I'm after? And if, again, if they're if they're a hedonist, if they're seeking pleasure and stuff, like, they're going to be distracted for a long time. But if there's truly someone has a heart, and we all have hearts that are after God's own heart, and, and it's written on our heart, his law, that if we if we at least but open our minds and our hearts to, is there something deeper here? Like Elon Musk is aware of, but yet he's not Christian. Uh, you know, is there something deeper? Why do I keep searching after? And I think God will fill that in. And he'll bring you the guy that was where you were and now can witness to you, right? You oh, know? that is you a, found that guy a couple times, powerful sure. message. Mark. Where is one or two places for sure off the top of your head that they can go and find that and what the mentor to search for the answer the mentor either the mentor yep okay mentor or or even that answer if they're alone yeah. if they're alone and they want to find that answer it's probably not at their desk right? right and it might not be driving in the car either where is it right well the first thing that comes to mind is is the good book Right. Mm-hmm. The Holy Bible is is going to always give wisdom, and it's all good for instruction, right? So we know that there's about two thousand years of mentoring that's gone on post that book's uh, you know development, but we know that that's a good place. And then secondly, I think for a man to find the mentor or the guy that's going to speak a truth into his heart into his life, he needs to ask God to deliver that man, mm-hmm. right? He needs to make that prayer, Lord, bring me to an awareness of this that I don't have. bring And, and that, that may be the simple prayer, like, Lord, I need you. It's the prayer of the, the first step of the 12 steps, right? I'm helpless without you, right? Mm-hmm. It's Augustine. My heart is wrestled till it rests in you. And, and, he, and he opens up the, the book of the Bible, and God gives him his answer, make no provision for the flesh. And then Olypius, his, his wonderful friend, is there, and he sees further in that story a message for himself. And in that message was, now go and encourage those around you, right? Go and encourage your brother. And Olypius saw that for him. And so this is what, when a man like Andrew has come to this and yourself has come to this, now you got to start looking for that mentor, or that mentee, rather. Yeah. Yes. And Mark Jr., <laughs> there, I want you to add, where's one place that we can sit as men? Where we're sitting right in front of him, so that he can speak See, to I, us I right in our the answer, no, right? you got on. it right in our hearts. Everything Dad just described. Um, Do you I, know one place? Yeah, go ahead. Um, in uh, adoration. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Mark Great Jr. Answer. Great yeah, answer, because Mark of everything that Dad just described, I know for a lot of us as men, we need to be sitting right in front of him so that he can. The King of Kings. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If nothing else, while we're waiting for him to deliver, yeah, deliver that to well, that's us. That's a good place to make the prayer. Oh, big Amen. time. Amen. Yeah, Mark, dude, you're the man. Go ahead, Andrew. I'm sorry. I, no, no problem. That was wonderful, Mark. The um, I wanted to ask you when you were in the car 
um, in the FBI car or whatever car it was that was, and you were driving there before the beautiful took black you. suburban. But beautiful, I'm sure it was. It, taxpayer dollars. <laughs> You're somewhat. I mean, we're of similar age, right? So we grew up in a country that we thought was a certain way. And I'm wondering, as an American, as an American man, because we have, you know, we we have we we have an identity as a man. We have an identity as a as a Christian, obviously first. But then we're also Americans. We're also American citizens. What was your thought about your country when you were sitting in that van, or if you, if you had any at all, or like? Yeah, I, I don't think I. I think when I was at the federal building, uh, and I knew I was close to the Independence Hall, uh, that more of that thought came to my mind um as the drive down i was i was in ministry mode i was ministering to those right right or whenever that thought came yeah yeah okay so so that would have been uh when i was alone in my my room uh chained to the table where i had a similar thought which was um you know this is this is what you do uh when this is what happens to you when um when you stand up for for what's right, an unjust law is not a law at all. Very, very much Augustine in thought. Aquinas borrowed it. So you know, yeah, you started taking stock, and you started thinking about Martin Luther King, and you start thinking about things that people like him and others who paved the way for freedom, what they had to suffer, and you say, you know, to yourself, like, you know, these are great men, and and we stand on them, and they're in their 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 witness. And and you don't you don't blame the system. I never found myself blaming the system or saying that the system's unjust or whatever. But you see this opportunity, like Mordecai to Esther again, perhaps for such a time as this, you have been called. And so I think Martin Luther King got that to a degree. In fact, Cardinal Mueller uh, had the audacity to compare me to Martin Luther King when he came to my home. Uh, Cardinal Mueller from Germany. Yep. Oh, he's Colonel oh, he's Gerhard Mueller came yeah. to my home. I to, met him. To he's amazing. To my family. Wow. Did he really? He's amazing. Sat he's right like, next to this boy and had a sandwich with him. Oh, man. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Cardinal Mueller is my hero. Cardinal Mueller, you're welcome on the Men for Life show. Bitte. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Danka, right? So, um, but anyhow, uh, he was gracious and speaks 11 languages and could be the next pope. But um, yeah, he had the audacity to say, but you know, you think about it, it's true. Uh, not me, but you think about the issue of our times, the 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 preborn child under attack the way the preborn child is under attack it's a bigger issue than the civil rights issue right it's even bigger right cuz yeah, it's the because, civil rights well because <laughs> but the child even those out slavery is bad but at least those, they lived. but we're not even talking about slavery we're talking about <laughs> segregation we're talking about people outside the womb who had freedom this is what Cardinal Mueller was alluding to. They had freedom. They could leave Alabama if they wanted to. They could they could go somewhere else. They didn't they still had a choice where they they wanted to go in some respect. These babies have no voice. They have no ability to defend, to say anything. Yes. So in that regard, you know, if we suffer for these children, it's an even greater injustice than what Martin Luther King was fighting. And and we know the great good that he did. But um, this is this is the, this is the battle of our day. This is the the issue of our times, and this is how saints are going to be made. And this is what. So I never once blame my country. I see what an opportunity for me to help my country, right? Wow, Come to this an, knowledge. That's an amazing way to look at it. Yeah, that's incredible. It's just an insight that came to me. I didn't have it that day, but I think. I think, you know, we, we had a chance to go to Independence Hall uh, last week, right? We were down there, and we just got in on the tour. And 
you know, we, we watched these men who signed their name, right, Marky? And they knew that it was a death sentence, right, if, if by signing their name to that document. Mm-hmm. You know, that this is sacred seal, honor. Sealing yeah, their fate. Their life. Their, their and all of them except six signed when they had a chance to sign. They gave them a year, the rest of them, a year to sign it. But all of them except six signed it right then and there, you know. And they just said, I'm in. I'm in. And this is what I'm doing with my family. I'm pushing the chips all in. Yes. We're all in mm. for life. Right. Yes. As you are, Pete, mm. you know, and yes. Andrew. I think that's a great place to end, Pete. What do you think? All in for life. Yes, because of what you just said, Mark, <laughs> they're literally trapped. Mm. When that dawned on me that that little baby is trapped in there, has no voice, can't get out. If you can picture a human on the outside of the womb just trapped mm-hmm. and then we're going to kill it and they have nowhere to go and nowhere to run. That is just, mm. can you think of anything worse? I mean, mm. no. when, when <laughs> Dr. Bernard Nathanson discovered that back in whatever it was, the 60s, no, 70s, I'm sorry, the 70s, when ultrasound became available, that made him do a 180. Mm. He was the head of NARAL. He mm. was the largest abortion doctor in the entire United States. Right. All he had to see, he was an atheist. All he had to see was that. That this living organism, as he described, not a human, a living organism, was trying to get away, right, and couldn't get away because they couldn't, they had nowhere Sounds to go. Scream. Yeah, they had nowhere to go. Oh, so Mark, I, yeah, Andrew, I agree. Mm-hmm. That is the best place to end. Is that we are, um, we're all in for life as you guys are at the Halk family, and God yeah. bless you, Mark, Amen. and yeah. your God wife bless and you, Mark both Jr. For Amen. Yeah. I'm so and is glad anywhere, you guys were with us. Yeah. Is there yeah, anywhere that you want to point people so that they can support you? While uh, sure. for, is there a GoFundMe account? Maybe we could put in the show notes. But if you want to just say um, where people can go, sure, to give sure. You- so um, there's there's two ways, or actually three, I should say. So um, there, if you go to thekingsmen.org, that's my website. They can support the ministry of the Kingsmen, which supports our mission. You know, supports what we do and helping raise up men addressing the crisis in masculinity. Always needed. Uh, there's also a, a link to the Give, Saying, Go to for, to support my family. If I have to be away from them, there would be no income for my family. Uh, you know, there, there's that. And there's also the Thomas More Society. If you go to thomasmoresociety.org, then that'll go to help the legal fund. So there's three options there for people. Awesome. Well, again, thank you guys so much for coming in. And we know uh, it's really um, wonderful that you did that. And I wondered if you would uh, lead us out in prayer, perhaps. I'd be, I'd be honored to. And I was thinking as you were talking there, Pete, about finishing faithful, you know, Bernard Nathanson finished faithful. He didn't start out faithful, but he finished faithful. So we pray in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We pray for all those that are on the fence right now. We know that there are many. And, of course, our country uh, with these recent elections is demonstrating that many are still very much on the fence. And we pray. We pray for our nation. We pray for our leaders. We pray for our family members who are part of the leader team of this nation who are fallen away family members. We pray for their conversion. We pray for them to come back to the truth, which is their Catholic faith. We pray for all those that are searching and, and, and looking for meaning in their life, those that are blessed with great wealth and gifts and, and, and yet still just very unhappy. We pray for their hearts that they may come to that one question that brings them to their knees, that brings them to our Lord and the Blessed Sacrament, that draws them into that sacred silence where they will listen to the silence of their heart where our Lord will penetrate and speak into. We pray for all those who have suffered at the hands of 
the legalized abortion in our country, which is now illegal. We pray for um, all those women that are uh, just dealing with the pain of the fallout of of a choice that they thought was right for them, but in in the end they recognize uh, it was not. And and we pray for their healing. We pray for all those fighting the good fight right now that are standing in the gap. That for those like me who can't stand in the gap right now, who are taking up their their post and filling my shoes at this time. We pray for all the youngsters out there, all the young people like Mark Jr., who are um, yet to trailblaze their own mark, make their own mark in this world and and fulfill their great mission and call. We pray for this wonderful radio program. Uh, We pray for Men for Life, that it grows and it blesses men. We pray for Andrew and Pete, their families, their friends, and all those that are in their care and custody. We pray for you, dear listener, for all your needs all that you are seeking right now after you listen for t- two hours to a wonderful conversation, a holy conversation. Pray that it's blessed your life and that you may share it with many. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, Amen. and the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Men for Life, signing off. Signing off.